What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Dave Happy Smiley Canales has a plan, and it doesn't mean that Bryce Young needs to be fixed. Dan Morgan wants to pick BPA, and the franchise tag is not off the table. Part of his plan is Iki Aquano at left tackle going forward. Hey, you know what's not Happy Smiley? Panthers ticket prices going up. Can you believe that? But boy, will you smile when you see Cam Newton throwing around some some would-be attackers like some ragdolls. It's a happy, smiley C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It's upbeat, the Dave Canales style. Man, we're going to have your calls and more, and I do it each and every week with my wheel man, Cody Lack. What's up, my friend? Tony Dunn, we got a bunch of good information out of Dan Morgan and Dave Canales today. We know that they're looking at extensions for Luvu. They're going to talk with Brian Burns' agent. They even mentioned Derek Brown as someone who might be in order for an extension. They talked about the offense. They talked about running the ball. They talked about their strategy at 33. Tony, it might be the dead time of the year for us Panthers, but such a time does not exist for C3 Panther Nation, baby. We're going to do it with the best fans in all of YouTube. You know him and love him. It's our boy Panther Pickle, Bill Cravens. Diesel Skills, what's up, brother? Doug Reader, Jake the Snake, FU, Ken Jermaine, Panther Gal 73, Terrica Dukes, Tim Estes, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Happy Smiley Dave Canales says he doesn't have a ton of emotional investment to the roster, CK, so he's coming in with a very objective eye. But I know you had to be a little frowny-facey when you saw that Panther ticket prices were going up. Uh, Yeah, with not much to justify it. Um, I'm a PSL owner. Many people may not realize that. And uh, so when you saw that that was the case, you know, you you, you almost kind of hope for a bad season if you're thinking about trying to plan to buy a PSL because your thoughts are it's going to be cheaper to get entry level um but no somehow it continues to go up 
and there's not a lot of explanation as to why um other than just simple greed which is the purpose of why david tepper owns the football team so he can do what he feels like is best for the team but i'll tell you what most people have their uh their eyes a little tilted trying to figure out what in the heck's going on with that corporate greed at its finest uh Hey, I'm a I'm a capitalist in so many ways, but as the NFL signed a eleven billion dollar deal mm-hmm. in 2021 for the TV rights, has only expanded and built upon that TV deal with streaming uh, to Peacock to um, to Amazon, and the money is just a flowing. I mean, record record profits for the NFL. But no holding back. They sound like, you know what, is they must have been watching that CNBC uh, interview with the Kellogg's CEO who says people should eat more cereal for dinner to save money. I say, what? You know how expensive cereal is? I've got three <laughs> I've got three kids, dude. We go through cereal. That shit is expensive. But what's free is your conversation, your calls, 252-228-5098. You know, it's also free to smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, and tell a friend about the longest-running Panthers podcast around. Maybe you would consider being generous and becoming a C3 super fan for $1.99 a month. Small donation, cheaper than cereal. Cody Lack, let's jump into this show. Uh, Man, Cam Newton, the NFL Combine, the Tonight Show is this, NFL Combine ignites as Cam Newton fights. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I kind of almost forgot the combine was this week. I woke up this morning and all the interviews are coming out. I peeked at the schedule. It's right here. The underwear, underwear Olympics are here where now we drool, we salivate over these strong, beautiful men as they run fast, jump high catch. And then none of them get drafted by the teams that people think they're going to be. The Carolina Panthers don't pick till 33, but I heard there could be some interest for teams in that 33rd pick. Cody, like what we got tonight? Where are we starting? Yeah, well, listen, we're going to talk about a ton tonight. Of course, we're going to talk about Cam Newton and his continued terrible luck with these punk-ass little kids, man. But first, we're going to talk about something that is off the football field that is related to the Panthers. And Tony, you already mentioned it. Even though we were the worst team in the NFL last year, if you're a Panther fan, you're going to be expecting to pay 4% more for your Carolina Panthers tickets. What are we doing, man? David Tepper, you're killing us. What I mean, is it, Tony, is, is this just the nature of the business that every year, especially because of increases to the salary cap that we're going to talk about a little bit later, it doesn't have anything to do with it of the business or why is it going up and up like this for a team that doesn't win football games at all? It goes, it's going up and up right now because people continue to pay. That's it. right. I mean, and the sad part about this is I don't truly, I mean, and we, we'd have to like get in the books for these teams, but do we really believe the vast majority of their income comes from the game tickets and the beer sales. I think that they make even more money from the TV deals and things like this. Now, oh, well, add to this, sports gambling is becoming legal in North Carolina March 11th. These guys, the cash is rolling in, but you know what? There's, It is the capitalist mantra. 
more juice from the squeeze. Let's get every dollar, every penny out of every fan possible until, you know, there's a recession in some, in some cases. Yeah. But the NFL is not lacking money. These are the whole things is all of these prices go up, all of these corporations, all of these companies are making a ton of money. Yeah. It's not like this is like the margins got thinner here. And the salary cap going up doesn't affect David Tepper's bottom line one iota. What it means is, is he making more money? The NFL is making more money as a whole. Right. Well, I mean, the, the NFL from top to bottom is making more money than they thought they were. And my whole point was is that the salary cap, it went up much farther than anyone thought that they were going to, to the point where all teams have more money to spend. And so what are your thoughts I'm, on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty Hey, yo. What the <laughs> fuck is happening, dude? <laughs> Did you do that? No. I didn't do that. Anyway, dude, maybe a ghost didn't want me to talk and was just. Anyway. You know what? It's it's uh, the te- it's the NFL uh, CIA or the NFL um, yeah. is is trying to like watching us boys. What profits? <laughs> what money? You know the thing oh, though is is that the Carolina Panthers are just one of twenty six teams where ticket prices have gone up for sure. Yeah, there right. might be two more teams. It is interesting though. Is like man, the messaging here. You know, did they have to do it? You know, could you have given somebody a year? I didn't even think about the gambling thing until you brought it up. Like, and it's the the money is up for everyone. And yeah, I and it's gonna, that be, if, it's if, gonna if, be if it's, massive. If it's Panther fans or if it's fans from another team packing Bank of America Stadium, it still equals more money in the in the pockets of David Tepper. So it's probably just a part of the business, huh? And that's, that's the nature of this PSL thing too, is that, um, that it's the genius move of Jerry uh, Richardson having this be the case because the, the way that they've built it is if you don't want your season tickets, you don't have to buy season tickets, but the investment you made on the PSL is gone. If you do. So you're required to, you're basically held captive to the decision to actually purchase those season tickets regardless of the price. And so it's it's a business model that guarantees money because there might be some people that are willing to let it go, but the vast majority of these people who are PSL owners are going to hold on to that because that's almost an investment. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, here you have the situation when you're being uh, taken advantage of by a billionaire. Yeah, I mean, and look, is we can't forget that the NFL owns uh, stakes and shares and DraftKings and all these other FanDuel and these companies in the background. So, um, look, these guys uh, didn't become billionaires being morons financially, and mm-hmm. they're not trying to stay billionaires. They're trying to become trillionaires, and they're doing a good job of it. Look, the NFL is the most popular sport there is. They've run, they run it like a well-oiled machine. Clearly, they are the idea that they can continue to negotiate the giant TV deals despite TV, you would think becoming less and less relevant. But then you turn on and you hear that the Super Bowl is the most watched event in human history, right? Is like somehow the NFL is impervious to the economy, impervious to technological changes, and just benefits from them. So not only did they get that hundred and or whatever that. $11 billion deal that they're going to split equally between each 32 teams over the next 11 years. But then you add in the billions from the streaming from Amazon 
and Peacock and whoever else they continue to expand it to, as well as the YouTube. Uh, think about this is the uh, YouTube paying a, an arm and a leg for what is it? Uh, Sunday ticket. Yeah, the Sunday yeah, ticket. Yeah, Sunday ticket. And then uh, sports gambling, which they will control and get a revenue of. Uh, look, it's just wild, you know, and I, mean, I guess the only thing more bizarre than uh, people continuing to pay absorbent prices for, I mean, you could even say for a bad team, but like even good teams is looking at what's going on in college, you know, and look at the money flying around, you know, I, I mean, I wonder, just wonder how long the consumer can keep up or if we'll have to eat cereal for dinner. What else we got, Cody? Yeah, man. So uh, we'll jump into some of these interviews that were given this morning by Dave uh, Canales and Dan Morgan. And obviously the biggest news always revolves around the quarterback, Tony. Bryce Young has been a big question. And Dave Canales was asked, what are your plans to, to do to fix Bryce Young? And he had a very strong statement that was uh, very pointed and took a lot of B Panther fans by surprise and even pissed some others off. So let's see what uh, Dave had to say. Um, I think for me, it's, it's about building offense that we can be uh, proud of, something that um, something that is uh, tough, something that is smart. That, that, uh, I'm trying to fix Bryce Young. Um, I think for me, it's, it's about building an offense that we can be uh, proud of, something that um, – something that, is uh, tough, something that is smart, that that uh, takes care of the football, number one. We got to create more explosives. And then, and then, of course, we have to minimize damage with exotic pressures and things like that. So I think just elevating the whole group um, and, and really asking Bryce to just do his part, you know, and that, and that kind of, you know, without getting really into the specifics of it, you know, but I have had a lot – a lot more chance to, to really dive into some film since the last time we've talked, you know, and so I have a specific plan. Um, can't wait to put that into play. Um, but again, you know, we're not talking about a guy that there's a, there's a big fix for really, you know, you're looking at an accurate player, a really smart player. He's aware of what's happening and we got to build the whole thing around him. The whole offense around him. You know, something that we can really say, this is our identity. Can you Shout out to Carolina Blitz for the interview. Um, yes, thank you, uh, Carolina Blitz. Can you pull up the next slide, too, that's related to this? And that yeah. is, uh, this is Darren Gant, who, um, oh, maybe is we didn't ready? reload it. Go back one. Uh, oh, man, maybe you didn't reload it since I put this. Uh, oh, there it yeah, is. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here, here, it is. It is. here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren Gant, who works for Panthers, uh, for the Carolina Panthers, Panthers.com, really their lead, I think, editorialist. Uh, he says, Dave Canales does not hold the worldview that Bryce Young is broken and needs to be repaired. Um, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm like, quit whining, Darren. I don't think that that's really a, a take that he's broken. I don't think that that's been the take. I don't even think that's been my realistic viewpoint. The viewpoint is, is that it's hard to evaluate how good he's going to be in the NFL when you don't see him with any weapons, when you don't see him behind an offensive line, and you continue to wonder about his ability going forward. Is like, is he just going to be a very good college player and an okay pro player, or can he be great in the NFL? But nobody has thought that he's like gun shy. I don't think. 
I don't um, think he's been prone to uh, intercept. Really? I would argue that. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, ahead, well, man, maybe that's just ahead, me ahead, putting my head in the stand. Well, I think that that might be a little bit of that, Tony. But I, I, I think that the there's a, a there's not a lot of people in the middle on Bryce, right? There's not a lot of people that are saying we just got to give it. It's either he is going to be good or he is broken, right? He has broken as a narrative that is very widely believed among Panthers fans and many other people in the entire, you know, that aren't even fans of the Panthers. They believe really? that he is broken. broken? Well, I yeah. mean, but like, look that at makes that, it sound but, like he was good at like uh, David Carr and well, but, he got like, like mentally beat guys, up. Guys like Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold that went into a shit situation and they never got that help around them. A lot of people said that it broke them. Now, again, I'm not making one-for-one one comparisons here. But, Tony, we have to be honest. Bryce left a lot wanting last year. I okay. mean, a lot. And there is a large contingent of Panther fans, one, that just flat out don't believe in Bryce. And then, number two, maybe fans that think that he just doesn't have the requisite talent to be that guy. However, if you are one of these people that believes that Bryce was bad this year because the O-line was so terrible, because the wide receivers weren't separating on their own, because the play calling was so terrible, then I think if you're one of those people, you listen to that clip from Dave Canales and you're self-assured. Because one, he's echoing belief in the quarterback that, no, we don't need to fix him. We need to help him. We need to put talent around him to put him into better scenarios. And I think that was more of a long-winded way of Dave Canales saying those very things. So yeah. I, I think it was a good answer for a coach who's trying to show his players and the team and the whole world and all the fans that he believes that Bryce Young, one, isn't broken, and two, is their quarterback of the future. Hmm. You know, I just, I guess maybe I'm fixating on the word broken as in thinking that, like, he was something that is now not functioning because of some sort of factors. That and is I think the case, like, though. If you think about his, I mean, that's that's what the people, that's where people are of of that that belief, and it's it has to do with the fact that they believe that he was a good player in college, came to the Panthers, which was an absolute crap show dumpster and fire. dumpster fire, and. That I mean, it's there is something to be said about the psychology of a of a bad rookie year. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Is that yeah? If if that is the if that's what we're worried about him being mentally broken, but I feel like he persevered throughout the season through adversity. Like, yeah, I mean, it didn't you, have you, the. Are you taking broken literally? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, that's that that part. I don't think anybody's uh, concerned about. So, like, is to me that means like it's like he had something that can't now be like he's psychologically damaged, he's physically broken. To me, I think it's more of an unknown. Kind of reminds me of this is when I, this was probably about oh, what 2000, 2001. Uh, I used to work at this uh, Greek restaurant, Marathon, great place in Greenville, North Carolina, best steak and cheese in Greenville. Um, and the owner there bought a, this was before big screen TVs were a thing yet. You know, they were still newer. Yeah, it was like you weren't getting it unless you were rich. Yeah, and he bought a $6,000 TV in 2000. 
and it was HD ready. And he's from Cash. He goes, "Hey, Tony, this is the six thousand dollar TV." He always be like, "We have the fourth best hot dog, fourth best hot, most expensive hot dog. This TV HD ready, six thousand dollars." The problem is, there was no HD. There was nothing that really benefited from it. Yeah. I wonder. I still wonder. I'm still fucking. I still think about this shit. It's like you buy an HD TV. It's ready. It's ready for HD, but there's no HD out there. So I actually don't know if the HD TV worked. Yeah, because you didn't get to see it with HD. Yeah, and that's, the, that's, that's what the, I feel like with Bryce is he's not broken. Yeah. I don't know if he's broken or not. Um, is that there was no HD to plug it into. And then by the time HD was ready, that TV was obsolete. Um, I that thing say this was much. so fucking big, dude. We brought it to the restaurant to watch the Super Bowl one year for a Super Bowl party, and you had to bring it like on a moving truck. Oh my gosh, it was Tony, can I, heavy. Can I give you a comment? That might have been the most incredible metaphor for what we saw this year with Bryce Young. That might have been the greatest ready. metaphor I've ever heard with regard to comparing Bryce Young's uh, rookie year That's to funny. a a TV before it's time. It's like, where do I plug in the HD cord? It's it's similar to having somebody who is a genius, uh, who figures maybe out a complex math problem, but he's not, we don't have the technology to actually test it. So he's before his time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Um, we can't invent time travel suits until we invent time travel. Right. Um, so uh, let me, what else do we got about Dave Canales in this offense? I saw a couple of yeah. cool things. Look, is I think he did say, and you're probably going to play this qu- uh, clip, talked about the running game. Yes. Uh, well, uh, this isn't that one. Uh, I figured okay. since we're talking about Bryce, this is yeah, a little let's go more ahead. See what of him say. talking about Bryce and what you feel is about him as a player and what he has and hasn't shown as quarterback. I think that he's got the tools that we saw a year ago. You know, and so I think um, just number one, we're going to have to teach him a new offense. Um, so that's going to be a, a big part of it, you know. And I think just from a fundamental standpoint, you know, I just see a really accurate player. I see a decisive player. Um, and then I think that, you know, for him, some of the basic things that is like any quarterback improvement is footwork. Let's just continue to grow more specific to the past concept, more specific to who is this person running this route. Three different receivers, same route. It could be three different things. Again, that's a coaching thing, too, on that side of it. You know, trying to get everyone to marry the concepts. Um, I think maximizing some of his abilities are going to help that. You know, just some more play action, some boots, some things like that. that'll Love come that. Run game. Yeah. Um, year two and recognizing pressures. You know, he's, he's now played uh, 16 games. So he's got some a good variety of exotic looks, coverages, blitzes, different things that might have got him. He might not have seen this or that, so we'll be able to kind of walk him through. Here's some tells on those things. Um, so some basic year two improvement. This is a top-notch so video right here. Yeah, it sounds like he's excited about the development of Bryce Young. He talks that's, about the fact that he has played that's a lot. we hired him. Yeah, going into year two, he's more familiar with different blitz formations. Uh, different protection packages, and he emphasized that he's going to be learning a brand new offense. And, uh, you know, I feel like we need to remember that too. 
as we go into the season that, yet again, this is what comes with having a new offensive play caller. You're going to have to learn new things. You're going to have to Oh, it's going to be easy to forget that last offense, dude. Uh, but the, the fact that you said more, right more play action, more play action, more boots, those are all the things that we've been screaming for yeah. this offense to have more of because they're things that we think Bryce Young does well. So, I mean, right now, it, there's a little bit of coach speak to it, but he, he's checking the right boxes. Yeah, I think that is that. I mean, sometimes coach speak is beyond, is like that's the things you actually have to say. One thing uh, when you just go through with this is um, when we discussed how to proceed going forward, when we were talking about coaching hires and things, and a lot of question was, is Bryce the the pathway forward? We, we have no choice, right? It's like regardless if you believe or you don't believe, right? I'm, I'm a believer, right? I believe this kid, I've seen enough where I think he can play. Right at the NFL level. Now, how great he will be, I'm not ready to sign off on any of any of those things. But it really did, it does not feel like the Panthers had the luxury, the opportunity, or even needed to just say like we're one and done. Right, the whole plan needs to be building around Bryce for the next two years, and you got two years. You got this year and the year after. And then we can come back and say, is it time to choose a new direction? Anything else would be premature and anything else would be um, reactionary. This is exactly what you need to do. You need to. This is why they hired him. Right. Because you need a coach that you can confidently believe in. You don't want to have what's going on in Denver right now. And even though that's a much different scenario because of a veteran player who's paid Buku's of money and Russell Wilson, but the coach needs to believe in him. And that's what he's, he does. It's like, Hey, this is what we got. And this is how we're going to go forward. Bryce is our pathway forward. That's reasonable. I do wonder when the happy smiley wears off on us. Is well, it like it's so? It'll it'll depend so on optimistic, dude. Like he's like, "Hey guys, how's your week?" Yeah. And you're like Monday morning. And you're like, "Oh, how goes?" Well, hey here's dudes, the thing. it's a great, beautiful day. <laughs> you already know the answer. If we start losing coming out the gate, and it's like he's got this upbeat, chipper attitude, and everything's looking still like trash, then yeah, it's gonna get really old, really fucking Real quick, fast. Yeah. Uh, however, look, man, I definitely think that he has uh, an air of optimism that, frankly, I think we need right now, man. Yeah. He has that youthful exuberance that I feel like, you know, he might not have the 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 tenure of some of the older coaches like Frank Reich that we fired, but he has that type of that, you know, like I said, that youthful exuberance to be able to um, – be able to talk to his teammates that are younger guys, get the fan base excited, get us excited when we're talking about this. I mean, look at dude, you can't stop bouncing around. It's contagious, man. Can so, I can uh, I feel this yeah. out here too? I would almost push back on the fact that it's coach speak. I feel like he's the most genuine speaker that we've had in a coaching uh position in I agree a very okay. long time. I really don't think like when you listen to him. He says a lot of things that he doesn't need to. 
Yeah, I went back. I've actually watched the film. I've actually, you know, it took me about two or three games to get emotionally invested, but I did. And I mean, like he was going through telling everything about like he's he wasn't shy about talking about things. I mean, obviously he stayed a right way from Frank the, Reich the was too honest sometimes. He'd be like, Oh yeah, that was on me. I didn't even know he was on the field. Like sometimes you just gotta keep your mouth shut, Frank. <laughs> but I Maybe. think when it comes to the happy smiley thing, I know a few people like this in my personal life. And you would think it gets old, but it doesn't get old when it's truly them. Right. Right. Like, it's like when it's not just like, oh, I want to be an opt. Like, that is their world view. It's part of their. And so, like, where you think it would get old, you're like, man, this mug is the best dude in the world. I work with a guy like this. And you're like, gosh, I mean, you just. Even when he's upset, it's like so positive. God, you're yeah, you're so nice about it's, being mad. It's you similar know, to how Cam described Luke in his interview with Luke. He reminds me of uh, our good friend Diesel Skills because even when uh, he's not happy, he still seems really happy, and everybody uh, likes to hang out with him. I, uh, and one other thing that sticks out to me, like you were saying, CK, about his comments. Uh, well, one is we well first is that we mentioned him and not fixing Bryce. Look, is this guy has been associated with quarterbacks who have had questionable moments in their careers and have had resurgences. You could say Russell Wilson had his best years when he worked with Canales, but look, really, the proof is in the pudding of Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Right? It's two guys. Look, Baker. Look like a we, and Russell Wilson, really, to an extent. You got to Baker look like a bum. Last year, or maybe the year before, you know, and then this past season when he all of a sudden had to be. So there's that, right? There's the hope that that that's what you brought him here for is for that transition. Uh, the other thing, CK, I heard this once about, and it was kind of like about hiring people for positions. I like to hire young instructors at where I work at. Like, I like to give people their early shots. Because you get that enthusiasm, you get that, you know, they haven't been soured by the world yet. They haven't been beaten yeah. down by the grind. There's kind of a, when it comes to like a CEO or these really high profile, very important positions, it's kind of like a magic number. I mean, it's not, but it's like when youth meets maturity at the right moment. Because what I feel like is he doesn't just say generalities. But if you heard what he was talking about, like when it came to when they're going to meet with Bryce, did you guys hear the part where he was like, we're going to, I learned this from Brian Schottenheimer. Or, yeah. or, and, and he's like, I'm going to put together a fucking seven page plan. And you know what it is? It's, it's, there's substance to it. Yeah, there's spe specifics, there's meat to it. It's kind of like the thing when you go from a young writer, when I work with these kids and I'm trying, it's like, hey, you got ideas here and a good discussion, but how do we give, put more meat on the bone? How do we really attack it with specifics rather than generalities? And that's how I kind of feel like he's really, he's not just saying platitudes. Yeah. He's uh, saying platitudes and then supporting them with specifics. Yeah. And uh, he's also been very specific about his want to run the football. 
And uh, this is another aspect of him that we're learning about and how he's basically saying that what the Panthers weren't doing last year, we're going to be doing this year. Never give up on the run game. So we saw we saw a lot of really frustrating games last year. We had some 68-yard rushing games. I think he's talking about Tampa. The, he is right there. The first half of the season. And I just kind of shared in these settings, like, we're not going to stop running the ball. Now, within reason, we have to find a way to score points. So that was a challenge in and of itself. But you have to be able to run the ball to go where we want to go ultimately, which is number one, to win the d- division, win the South, and then to win deep in the playoffs. And if you watch the teams that go far, it's the teams that can run because I promise you, the pass rush gets better every week you advance in the playoffs. And then you go to that. Now we're down to eight. And the pass rush just gets better in Detroit. And then if you make it to that final four, man, did you look at the four teams that were in the, the conference championships? You look at the pass rush, you better be able to run the ball. So it's something that I'm going to be stubborn about. It's something that I'm going to be committed to. It's how you would create explosive plays in the play action. But then it's also how you're able to neutralize a really good offense on the other side by running the ball, by having not, not game management all the time, but also just being balanced and mixing those in allows you to have that time of possession to a point where, okay, let's even this thing out a little bit here. You know, so um, I'm excited about uh, about proving to all of you how stubborn I can be about trying to figure out the run game. We went from 76 yards a game to 96 yards a game by the end of the season. By no means were we one of the prolific rushing teams, but I was proud of the fact that we had a chance to go franchise record four straight 100-yard games. That was because we didn't give up on it. We just kept working the problem. And then Goody and Joe and the run pod in Tampa – was just finding those runs that fit us. What fits Rashad White? What fits this offensive line? And we'll be able to do the same thing in Carolina. This is the um, one of the things that we've, or I talked a lot about in the weeks that when we hired Dave Canales, is people like, oh, look at that, that offense in Tampa, mediocre numbers. I think you. The first comment under the video is, didn't the Bucks have the worst rushing offense in the NFL last year? Right, I think, but he says this, look. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's about progression. Is that if you look at the last four games of Tampa season versus the first four games, they're a different beast when it comes to that. And so you're not one thing. It's kind of like if you just said like, hey, this person is one thing they've done. You are the culmination of the season. And he is, you know, is like, look, if the Panthers aren't busting off 120 yards in the first week and Bryce Young throwing 270 and two touchdowns, that doesn't mean like next week needs to be better. The following right. needs to be And that's what we didn't have under these previous regimes is a like, steady progress forward. Right. Well, it felt like under the previous regimes, we were so quick to abandon what we thought we were going to be. You know, the, the run game isn't working. All right. Well, let's just abandon it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can't get, we don't have any wide receivers, so we're just going to abandon Screen it. Pass. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to not go the deep pass because we can't get anybody open down the field. Like it just for the past five years, that's what it's felt like our coaches have done, which is go into a game that seems common sense to have a certain game plan associated with what we saw from an opponent. And we just abandon it. And so I like the fact that he is open about the fact that they weren't doing good uh, as a running team last year, but they didn't, they didn't give up. They continued to push through. And I think that's something that should be a positive uh, you know, about this interview. And and if you're looking at the negatives about, you know, their, their rushing offense last year over in Tampa, uh, whether or not bringing Canales over was a good idea, I think that that should give you some solace and understanding that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel on this one. I'm super hopeful that his enthusiasm, like the upbeat, the energy mm -hmm. energizes the team in practices not like necessarily like in speeches i don't think like i mean yeah like a good halftime speech always gets us fired up i don't know how much a pro who has been playing his whole life is mm -hmm. like that it changes their view but i do think that when you see if you have a teacher i mean i teach for a living so like with if you bring energy it's hard to expect your students to have energy if you don't bring energy Right. And so, like, I'm hoping that his energy just kind of exudes in training camp and practices where they are maximizing the moments instead of guys like, oh, okay, well, let's head over here at old Frank Wright's station. You know, <laughs> and instead it just being an energy that is contagious. That's what we're truly hoping. Or I'm hoping. Yeah. And, um, you know, before we go any further, CK. We're we're in need of those golden pipes that you got, brother, because we've got a brand new super fan. Well, let's see if this thing's still working. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we have a new C3 super fan by the name of Bill Cravens. Welcome to the C3 Super Fan Club. Feel free to join for a dollar ninety-nine. Yes, sir. Shout out to Bill. If you, if you would like to do light bill and get your name green in that chat room, consider joining for $1.99 a month. We are going to be putting out uh, exclusive content for our premium subscribers, man. We're going to be looking at some draft prospects. Uh, it'll be fun, man. And we have the combine coming up. Hey, 
We appreciate y'all sticking around. Secret Panthers podcast. Turns out, uh, yeah. So, um, again, this is something that we uh, heard a little bit from already, but this is uh, Dave Canales again talking about the type of offense and, and uh, basically what it'll mean for for Bryce to learn it and get accustomed to it. Um, and again, we already sort of heard it a little bit, but he says, I see a really accurate player for him. Some of the basic things for any quarterback is improvement in footwork. Let's continue to grow more specific to the pass concept, more specific to who is this person running the route. Three different receivers run the same route. It could be three different things. That's a coaching thing. Maximize some of his abilities that are going to help with that. And Tony, you're talking about like, you know, if he's able to get the most out of our players and uplift them, I want him to be a teacher. If there are things that Bryce needs to learn, I want Dave Canales to be the teacher and the facilitator that helps him become the best version of himself. I want him to get the best out of Jonathan Mango, who, you know, we're all wondering a lot about after his first year in the NFL. I want to see if he can really build up our players when it comes to the the X's and O's and the specificity of what they're going to be asking them to do. Uh, I agree. Kristen LaDame, sorry to hear about your father-in-law. We'll go ahead and call him your father-in-law. Sorry to pass that, but you're here with family now. We are locking arms together to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, One concern when I read this, though, is at what point Mm -hmm. do Panther fans start talking about Dave Canales' offense being too vanilla. Well, if we're doing run the ball and we're never passing the ball, I think... No, but like the two wide receivers, like I think this is what Canales' offense lends towards more traditional kind of maybe, I want to say kind of like what a North Turner offense was, like the vertical threats, the kind of that air Corel offense rather than a spread. So it's not a spread up. Look, he said, we're not teaching four and five receiver sets here, right? Is that he's actually creating a lot of the disguise by replicating the same looks over, but those looks yeah. then change into different things when you actually run the play. But I, I wonder, you know, look, is everybody hated Mike Shula. When, when he was the Panthers offensive coordinator, but he wasn't that bad, man. It was just like, it just didn't have this exotic new flavor to it. He kind of ran some stuff like that. Are you saying yeah. that Dame Canales is another Mike Shula? Well, he's from that Schottenheimer line. I'll look up like here while you guys continue to talk. Let me see what the Schottenheimer offensive tree is like. I mean, what do you think about that? Okay, I mean, does it run the risk of being more vanilla, or maybe is there a better word that we need to find? Maybe like I think um, an attempt to streamline. Oh, I think that, right. Oh, guys, I love when I'm right. Schott, uh, Schottenheimer is an Air Corel coach. Hey, that's a North Turner thing. All right, go ahead. Okay. No, no, I was going to say that I think that the way I look at this is I could see Canales. I don't know that Canales is going to have the exact offense he's always had with Baker even. I think he's done a really good job in the offenses that he has been a part of, of catering the offense around this quarterback. 
And that may not mean that we have a gunslinger type of an offense that most people are probably hoping for with a number one overall draft pick and and Bryce Young. It may be a lot of the off-platform type things, all the you know the things that you you saw him do well in Atlanta, in Atlanta in Alabama uh when he was able to just make nothing out of make something out of nothing right allowing him to basically maybe have very plain and simple uh concepts in the offense but yeah. allowing for him to be able to do the things escape the pocket buy time for his wide receivers to get open and then just make those things happen that are off script um that's my belief. Him be having given us a simple offense might actually be the best thing that could possibly happen for uh, for Bryce Young. And here's the other piece to this: it isn't going to be just running, running, running. He just said we want to be uh, committed to the run, but also within reason. He right. wants that to be able to open up the explosive plays. So it's not that he's saying we're going to be doing one in spite of the other. He's saying that one is going to be there because of the other. And we know that that's always been the case when it comes to the running game. Any every every announcer you've ever heard is they're going to try to establish the run so that it can open up their play action uh, deep pass later on down the down the uh, in the game and and so it's not a new idea but it seems to be one that we failed to try to execute over the past five it's years. It's requisite in the NFL. Like people right. forget how that these players are so good when you put the two high safeties in there, you you can't get open with these pass rushes. If you're not keeping linebackers, keep keeping these guys honest, maybe them having to slip the strong safety down to assist yep. in the run game. The chat is on fire tonight. Uh, my bastard son said he's not vanilla. He's French vanilla. <laughs> Love that. And this one is my favorite comment of the night. The professional. He said the forward pass is going to be so exotic here in Carolina. Oh, that's a good one. Um this is what I just Googled Schottenheimer's offense real quick. And it's just two statements. He said, look, is uh, he likes to hit receivers on. So this is who Canellis learned from, right? This is who he studied under. He likes to hit receivers on the run and design plays for yards after the catch. Right. Uh, it's an air Coriel coach. He's uh, who uses inside run zones, inside zone runs to set up play action passes. Right. It's sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. Right. Now the question is, can you execute these things? Do they start to figure it out? How do you continue to get that to work? Can you get it to work when you don't have a Mike Evans? That you is know? the question. That's ultimately that, the question. That really his vert I mean, we saw what their offense was. And look, Mike Evans is they knew they're going to Mike Evans, they still have problems. And then that opened up so many other things. But we don't have a Mike Evans. So, we don't. No. We we don't. And and he even alluded to the fact that when you have Mike in your wide receiver core, it makes it a tremendous. Uh, it, it makes it a tremendous amount easier. Um, I can't remember the exact words he said, but you don't. You're not starting from scrap. You you know. You, yeah. You know, yeah. You have you know a what thing that you build around. Right. Like, this and is so, us, and then we go from there. Right. In in. The thing with Mike Evans is, like you said, he was their their main, like, if only wide receiver that they had on their team. Godwin took until later in the year to actually get going. So Mike Evans Which had been a, different for the last couple of years, too, CK, where Mike yeah. Evans was good, but he wasn't the the guy. 
the yeah premiere like tom brady spread it out a lot more tom brady always liked to go to that no-name guy in big situations uh but mike evans got work like if you had him which i did in fantasy you got some fucking benefit from it all right what's next maybe there uh maybe there will be an opportunity for us to get another wide receiver like a mike evans you never know um so before we go on, I wanted to bring uh, this up. I got this from Dan Morgan, who also gave an interview this morning and told some very revealing things. Uh, and one thing that I do not like, I do not like, uh, and that is that the plan is Ikem Kwanu is going to be the left tackle for the Carolina Panthers next year. It doesn't sound like there's any consideration on moving him to guard. Uh, much to my chagrin. Um, and uh, it seems like Dan Morgan really believes that he can hold down that left tackle spot. And it's going to be a big year for him going into year three, uh, protecting Bryce Young's blind side. How do we feel about this? Is there any disappointment that there isn't more of a consideration to maybe move him around? Or am I the only one in Panther Nation still pushing for this? Yeah, you're the only one because yeah. you're – is it's not even about whether moving them around is a good idea or the right idea or even still in the works is what benefit would Dan Morgan get from saying anything otherwise? Yeah, true. You know, is that even if they are looking at a potential free agent addition to supplement, even if they, you know, what benefit would they by showing their cards right now? It, right. wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't no. help Icky. It wouldn't help Icky at all. I think he did say this is look, is Icky wants to be better. We not, we think he can be better. Um, this fair. is what you say. And even if they do tend to roll it out, maybe they're telling the truth, but like this is us hanging on every word a little bit too much. But like these guys, I mean, saying anything else would just be kind of putting the cart before the horse. Sure. And and here's my my thoughts on this too is I don't know that this is so bad because I mean I know I flip flopped on this a little bit I don't know that I'm ready to say that he's not able to be a good tackle in the league same he's he's learned two separate offenses two years in a row just like many of these other people um, now a third and had multiple you know now he's got two quarterbacks to have to I mean I guess four quarterbacks if you count last year. Um, all these people have different playing styles. Um, I think him learning more about Bryce Young, more about this new offense. Um, I think it's worthy of him being given an opportunity at left tackle. I don't know that keeping him at left tackle all year, if he's struggling is a good idea, uh, because you do have a a quarterback that you've got to protect. Um, but I, I, I do agree that, it's possible him moving to guard could be the best thing, but I'm just not sure I'm ready to remove the potential that he had at left tackle from the equation because he had a he had a decent rookie year. He had an abysmal last year, as did every other player on our team. Right, right. So you know, so you I'm start going get rolling a little bit, you start creating a little bit more, and then you don't have you know get them playing with a little confidence. You don't want to give up prematurely. I think this is the year you figure out though. I think the problem is, or the real thing that I would be interested with the Panthers, and I think this was the big problem last year, 
is that the entire roster was predicated on it working from the like as it uh, from yeah. the starting lineup only. And what you really just have to do is you got to be hopeful that Icky is going to get better this year. But you also need to be prepared if you need to change directions. Um, and you got to be prepared for injury. You got to be able to pivot. So you can't just overly lock in to a philosophy overly. What uh been listening to this book called Think Again. It's about changing your ideas. And, you know, we talk about confirmation bias a lot, like looking for plays. Everything uh, we're hearing in this book, I think about Bryce Young when the like the Carolina Panthers Twitter. But one of the terms that he's that it references a lot, and I like this term, is desirability bias. And that is you have a belief and a desire for an outcome. So you continue to invest in it intellectually and to the point of refuting evidence. Yeah. You know, or ignoring evidence. That's what we don't want to have is we want to be optimistic about the player, but we don't want to have a desirability bias to where it's like, this is the plan and it's going to work or we're going to go, we're going to sink trying. Yeah. And Tony, that's my fear is that that's what the Panthers are doing when it, with, when it comes to playing left tackle, but we don't know free agency yet. Well, well, all right, but listen, but we're not going to downplay how bad he was last year. Like, it's not like, Oh, um, uh, he he was looking like he had a slump. I mean, in one-on-one scenarios, Homie was abysmal. And if you go back to his evaluation at NC State, pass protection was never necessarily his biggest thing. It was not the the thing that he was best at doing. That first year, he was in that downhill system, and he was really effective running the football. And I think there is some hope to be had in that, especially if you believe Dave Canales saying that. We're going to really commit to running the football. I think that is good for Icky, though. Uh, I just worry about those passing situations that we're wanting to see something from Bryce this year. But if Icky Aquano isn't going to be able to hold up that left tackle position, and if his footwork doesn't drastically improve, it could be a very, very bad scenario for both him and for Bryce. And I'm just not in the mood for optimism, I guess, at this point in my fandom. Like, we want all these players to turn on and be the best version of themselves. We're optimistic about it every year. And then it's like, I, I don't know. It's I, I want to see him do it before I even hint that he might be able to. Well, let me give you a different comparison. If we think of Jonathan Mingo, uh, I think it's strange to me how many people, particularly who are Bryce to have the desire bit Bryce desirability bias and the Bryce confirmation bias. Yeah. How quick they are to throw Jonathan Mingo to the wolves. Yeah. Um, my point is this, and it's really very much is I think you could see it more with Mingo than maybe even with Icky. And that is look is Mingo might not be a good player. He might not work out, but to give up on him prematurely, is more reactionary than it is justified. But you also can't walk into this season going, well, we got Jonathan Mingo. He's going to be our number two receiver. Right? You can hope for Mingo to progress. You can be optimistic that he can become a player in the NFL, but you can't put all your eggs in the Jonathan Mingo basket. 
No. So, so we so can be hopeful. Well, I don't think we are yet because we haven't hit free agency. We haven't hit training camp. We don't know if we're going to see other guys getting reps and practicing in the background in case Icky, you know, because that's what you're going to try to do maybe is you're going to probably give Brady Christensen some work at left tackle. Or if you get a veteran tackle in there, a guy who's a swing tackle, yeah. make sure that guy's back there in the number two spot, ready to take over in case the icky optimism doesn't turn into what it is. You can't just go, it's icky or no icky, right? Like, I mean, I think it would be foolish to just say, you know what? We don't believe he can be a left tackle. Hey, everybody, we're going to overpay in free agency for a left tackle. We're going to go and draft one too high in the draft. Is that you can be optimistic about Aquano and hope, maybe hopeful, should I say? but also make preparations. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And and here's the thing is Cody's suggestion, I don't think should be off the table either. Right. right? Uh, if, if they don't see and, and heck, I mean, they may not even make it to the regular season before they make the decision to move him to guard Correct. And Brady out to left tackle. Um, you, you, you never know. I just think to go into this season with the assumption that he isn't going to be the left tackle would be, I just think that that would be bad coaching on my, on, on their part, I right? Agree. You've got to let this guy, that's all he's played in the NFL is left tackle, right? So coming into this season without the potential of him playing left tackle would just be absolutely bonkers. You have to plan and you plan, a, you know, you like, it would be foolish for a hurricane to come and you not to have some water and some canned food and some things like that. You don't have to build a bunker. You know, you don't have to board up your windows necessarily. It would just be, it's just foolish to cut bait too soon. And it's foolish to keep fishing too long. So you got to find that. And you got to change the We'll see. We'll see. But come on, we haven't even hit the fucking free agency yet. I understand. I I I I maintain. Hey, don't worry. We haven't hit free agency yet. We haven't got hard. And by the way, there is no answer at left tackle in free agency either. Oh, an old Tyron Smith. Isn't going to be no, then, what do you do? then what do you do? You're then you just that, throw your hands you know, up. You know what? No, you already know what to do. You know what the answer is. So he so should come out and say is. an injured Brady Christensen who has never played left tackle in the NFL. He's our starter. That no, would be I dumb. Think, no, what I think he should do is he should say that we're flexible to any and every idea that helps us win football games. Yeah. So I, I, don't think, I don't think that he needs I to I don't think they said otherwise. I think he needs to be open to the idea that everyone needs to be open to the idea that maybe Ike Aquanu might end up being a better guard than a left tackle. And I don't think that's how you think you could sport. say that to your coaching staff. You could say that to your assistant GM. You don't so, have to come out in the media and say that. Uh, would that, would that yeah, but like, what do you really want? Damn. Like, what could he say? That's going to make anybody. It's not good. He did the right. He said exactly the right thing. Well, but there was another, and we'll play it in a little bit. Uh, Dave Canales mentioned uh, something about upgrading the roster and upgrading different positions and how everybody is going to have to compete for it. Uh, but we'll jump into that. I wanted to stay on this Dan Morgan train, though, because, again, the big elephant in the room that everybody's been talking about when it comes to 
you know, the Carolina Panthers is indeed Brian Burns. And he did drop a, a new little set of info when it comes to Brian and a few other people. We're still working through those conversations. Um, actually meeting with his agent, Todd France, uh, within the next couple of days. Uh, we'll have a little more clarity on the situation after that, but uh, we're, working, we're working on it. So, again, that they're sort of making it sound like they're leaving all options on the table. And nothing. It didn't, didn't say much. Yeah, it didn't say much of anything. But he did mention the uh, the idea that um, Frankie Louvu as someone that they wanted to resign. They even brought that up. Dog. Yeah, that dog. Uh, he even brought up uh, Derek Brown as someone who might be uh, on track to get paid, which I would love that even more. I think Derek Brown. Uh, is probably the most deserving of being paid on the whole team. I'm so curious. I'm curious how Dan Morgan is going to be able to separate himself as a player who understands what it's like to be on the other side of these negotiations, who's played with Brian Burns' brother, how he handles those negotiations. Because, I mean, you like, know will he that be he's shrewd enough. Will he be will he be able to be the guy who's able to say we can't do that? Or is he gonna be like, you know what, you deserve the extra five million dollars? Let's just go ahead and sneak it in there and the signing mm, bonus. The old Marty Ernie. You. you know what I mean? Like where does can and I'm sure he has I, we I, there's no evidence that he doesn't have the ability to say no, right? There's right. no evidence that he, he's going to look at this situation and overpay Brian Burns. The fact that he hasn't been paid yet tells me that. Um they're tagging but, that mug. I mean, they've got to. I mean, there's no other. They're not you, you paying can't, them. There's Unless, nobody else on the team that you would tag. And and if you why let him walk for nothing? You would lose. You'd lose a guy. You wouldn't have gotten anything in return. Um, I think tagging is the only option. And we talked about unless this Brian league. takes a significant humble pie deal. We, we talked about this a little bit on the free for all. And to get, to get you guys to jump in on it, the rumors uh, was that he was uh, seeking a long-term deal with an average salary of close to $30 million last season, according to quote-unquote sources. The two sides never got close with Carolina. Uh, yeah, they were saying Carolina, not expected to have. Um, well, what that about that one, one report but, that said they offered him $27 million and he turned it down? Uh, yeah, well, well and then somebody went, right. somebody anonymous went on WFNZ, and they said from Burns's and them perspective that it was for, it was closer to around twenty million dollars, but it got up to twenty seven million in incentives that uh, Burns and his camp thought was unreasonable. So it okay, seems that there's so like, a little. This is where if we don't really know the real numbers. Yeah, there seems like a lot of propaganda. It seems like some propaganda from both sides, from Burns' team and from the Panthers. Like, if, if they're saying that he wanted more than $30 million and it wasn't that, maybe they're trying to paint him in a bad light? I don't know. And then he came out, Brian Burns came out and said, y'all really don't know what's going on. You know, like, we can't really talk. So, like, how much of this is disinformation, misinformation by right. the media, um, our team is the team leaking it out. The problem I think that emerges from this is like, does what? How does this sour the relationship? If this is the Carolina Panthers kind of leaking these numbers, 
you know, 27 and he said no. You know, that's that's a lot different than what Brian Burns is saying is that it's $20 million, but I could get up to 27 if I did all this stuff, right? That's a that's a different that's way different than saying turn down $27 million. Yeah. Can I very can I ask you guys? I'm curious because the cap situation. So that that thing that they said we had 39 million came out before the cap numbers. I remember that being something that was released before the updated cap figures. But when I'm looking at over the cap and spot track and everything, they have us at 32 million in cap space, even after the increase in our salary cap, which seems, you know, everyone else. So Joe Carson, Carolina, why is Carolina never have cap money? The cap goes up tremendously. Oh, Carolina Panthers still middle of the pack in cap money. But the funny thing is, is I don't understand how, because I remember last off season, this one of the things we were talking about is this offseason we were going to have a lot of cap space. Yeah. And we didn't. And then then they doing. tell us it's next year now. Well, yeah. So again, for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the salary cap for the 2024 season has set, uh, it's been set at $255.4 million, which is 30, uh, a $30 million increase per club with an additional $74 million per club payment for player benefits, including performance-based pay and benefits for former players. When Joe Pershing reported it, uh, he said that early estimates had Carolina around $28.6 million, but now the Panthers would be working with around $40.2 million. And most of the people on Twitter reported this. So I don't necessarily know how SpotRack is adding this up, but most people are reporting that we're going to be around 40 what this is going to require is this is we have to restructure Moten's contract. Moten is a big hit. He's 24, 25 million dollar hit this year. I thought it was at 29 million dollars. Uh, well, let's see. It says, yeah, he's like 29. Yeah, it's 29. If we cut him, we save it's, 5 million. Yeah, and it's a 25 it's million dollar dead dead cap. Yeah. 20 yeah 29.7 million is his cap number. Dante Jackson is another restructure candidate. Right? Um those two isn't guys it, are it like fucking us dry. 16 yeah and like 15 million. Um everybody on, sees us moving on from those two in very short well, order. I don't think too. I think we restructured Taylor Moten. I think is that that yeah. comes with an extension. It comes with moving some money around. It's just where he doesn't say if that number for him was 15 this year, he doesn't lose money. He still makes 30 million. He doesn't lose the money. It's just the way it's paid out over the next three yeah. years. Well, the issue is, is that so last year, they did the restructure, which pulled ten million of his salary into this year, nine point two four seven million. So he his initial base salary is fourteen million with three million dollar signing bonus and a three million dollar roster bonus, um, and then nine million dollar restructure bonus. So that's where the majority of that's coming from is that um, obviously his base salary, but it's it's really that cap hit that's the number one thing. That dude is going to be like, if we don't do a restructure, that dude is going to be jumping up and down for joy. He's going to be so happy. That money is, oh my gosh. Yeah, Moten's made some loot. Um, Which, I mean, to be fair, when's the last time we had a complaint about our right tackle? 
you know, I mean, I we've think two seen, years ago, we started to think he was declining. And then last year he had a good, a decent, you know, he looked all right at times, you know, I mean, I this, remember floating the idea of trading him while he still has value and maybe moving Brady to that side. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm almost of the Bill Belichick mindset of, I'd rather say goodbye a little early than hang on a little bit too late. Well, the problem is we'd still eat a good portion of that. We wouldn't save as much money as you would think. We'd still have to eat that restructure bonus. All Um, the debt, all the guaranteed money would stay with us. Yeah. So, I mean, we wouldn't, we'd still probably be eating $25 million. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta just change the way the money's distributed over the next three years. Uh, that we that's a guarantee. There is no way that's not happening. There's yeah. no way that's not happening. So, um, Cody, you want to take a couple calls, man? Yeah, let's do it. Seven. Let's do it. If you would like to leave a message in the cat calls line, the number to do so is 252-228-5098. Let your voice be heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like What's up, P3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday. Um, what up, man? I just want to call in and get my thoughts on the pressers this morning. Um, first off, I love everything that, uh, start with, uh, Dan first. I mean, seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, and not really coach speak. I mean, he basically just said he wants to re-sign all the core players. He's already been in talks with Derek Brown's agent about an extension. That's awesome to see. You want to pay players ahead of time. So, um, the contract isn't, a lot of money when you know the markets reset later down the line and it seems like he's learning from past mistakes especially with this brian burns situation on his hand so he said he wants to resign blue Vu and brown for uh brian burns he said all options are on the table and then he also said we aren't gonna be doing contracts kicking the can down the road basically throwing haymakers at the past gms for being stupid with the cap because we have a lot of dead caps if we cut players like taylor Moten and Dante jackson etc um, so those are my thoughts on that. As for Dave Canales, I like the way he's talking about Bryce Young, okay? He's saying he doesn't believe it's a big fix. He just says he wants to put an offense around him to maximize what he's great at. He said he wants the offense to be a downhill running attack, play action, bootlegs. I mean, rolling the quarterback out. I mean, that's how you get a quarterback into rhythm. Frank Reich had none of that. I said this, uh, called him a lot last year last season and said hey man listen this joe burrow drop back game doesn't work when you don't have um elite weapons that you can just complete quick passes to um and i know that's how tom brady ran his offense all those years well guess what it's tom brady and he gets the ball out in a second so i love hearing that for him from him he seems confident in what he's doing and then uh dan morgan also said we're going to take best player available at pick 33. And right as that comes out, a new report comes out that T. Higgins is available for trade. Uh, the Bengals are looking for a first rounder or a second plus. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, we have pick 33. It's literally a first round pick. 
All right. It's literally a first round pick. Why not tell me on this podcast, the pros and cons right now from all three of you of what the pros are of trading for T Higgins, that 33rd pick for T Higgins. I know Dan says best player available, but I mean, he's a young guy who's proven that he can get a thousand um, yards. He's done it tw- twice in his career and he's been the second option on the team. Give me your thoughts on that. I'm all in on this T Higgins thing, but I also like everything that these guys are saying so far. I'm going to continue to stay neutral, but I like what I'm hearing. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding. Hey, keep pounding. So we have to talk about this. Great segue by our boy Anthony. Appreciate you, Anthony. What would you guys rather do? Get a, a wide receiver that everybody kind of says is on our level. Calvin Ridley or whatever. Maybe uh maybe you can go at, at pick thirty three and draft a uh, a lad McConkey, oh, uh Tony Dunn's draft crush or his early draft crush of the twenty twenty four season. Or would you all rather spend the thirty third pick and get somebody that you know has top tier wide receiver talent in T Higgins? And that is the rumor swirling right now that they are looking. Uh, they've p- they've placed a tag on T. Higgins, and they are looking to potentially move him for a first or second rounder. We have the first pick of the second round. And Tony, I'll tell you right now, I'll answer Anthony. I'm all for it. We already spent a second round pick on a wide receiver last year, and none of us really loved the results for that. Now, I'm not saying that we can't find a young, dynamic wide receiver in the draft. No, in fact, I know that's possible. But as I told you, Tony, if we don't think that we're going to be a contending team in the next year or two, then I would rather see this offense put up some points and give Bryce Young a real weapon to be able to throw the ball to so that way we know what type of player we have in our quarterback. Get him that Mike Evans of our offense for Dave Canales to be able to use at his disposal. I'm all for it, man. You have to pay the play. And I think Higgins would be a perfect addition to our offense. I have a concern though. Um, T Higgins. I know Burrow wasn't there, but Jamar Chase wasn't there either. And T Higgins wasn't putting up lights out numbers last year. So when the focus was on T Higgins, he still wasn't the guy in Cincinnati. And so not saying that it's not possible for him to be a good, I mean, we've, we've seen him make incredible catches, but he's also had the benefit for a majority of his career of being the number two guy behind Jamar Chase, who has been rightfully so garnering a cr- incredible amount of attention. Sure. I just don't know that you can put all of that on. Higgins, though. No, I mean, I mean I like I said, right. they were dealing with second-string quarterbacks and things along those lines. Um, and and to be fair, I mean, the argument could also be made. You look at his uh, his his career, and even with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, obviously having Jamar be his favorite target, he still had two thousand-yard seasons while yeah. Jamar Chase was the number one wide receiver. Um, yeah. Last year just was a concern because he had a slump. He he played. He missed five games due to injury. Um, he only had 600 and some odd yards, um, but he's consistently had six or seven touchdowns a year. Um, again, I'm not 
I'm not too sure that, I mean, T Higgins is a fantastic number two wide receiver. I just don't know that he is the Mike Evans that you're expecting him to be. Well, here's the, I mean, again, we do the player comparison thing with Mike Evans. Six, I, just made, four, the, I just made the body type, right? You're going to be able to throw a ball up to him and he's going to come down with it. The dude doesn't drop passes. Uh, he's a big body, tough, aggressive wide receiver. He's a better route runner than he's given credit for. Uh, I, I just think that he would be, uh, in my opinion, everything that we all hoped that Devin Funches would be. That's well, a name you haven't heard in a while. But Devin Funches and, and T. Higgins, you know, when we drafted Fun Fun, it was to be that bigger body, go up and get the ball type of receiver, whereas T. Higgins is that. He is that dynamic type of wide receiver. And I feel like that would be great for Bryce right now. We have to know what we have in Bryce. He started only 11 games this season. So that's some of the reason for the statistical decline. He had an 80 yard touchdown though this season. Um, My answer is it's kind of going to be a sit the fence one. If it is just us asking, would you trade T Higgins trade a 33rd, 33rd pick for T Higgins? The answer is yes. Yeah, if it was just an outright, but we know that's not going to be an outright just trade for 33rd. You really think so? It would be a 33rd. I mean, we would probably have to give up Brian Burns and a 33rd. That's too... I I don't think so, because then they would have to sign Brian Burns. They're trying to... They just can't afford to sign him. They can't afford to sign... They can't... Here's the problem. They can afford to sign... They can't afford T. Higgins money. Like, when you're talking about what the wide receivers are going for, Right. Uh, I don't think that, I, and, and I think that he's going to learn, Brian Burns is going to learn very quickly that the market for him isn't $30 million. It's just not. The market isn't going, nobody's going to pay him $30 million, uh, unless they're a bad team, which is he going to want to go and play for another bad team is the question mark. Um, the other part of this is, uh, in my opinion, if I'm the Bengals, number one, we already have reports that T. Higgins will not play on the franchise tag. So they're going to have to either get a deal with him or trade him. So his trade value is going to take a dip because of that. But at the same time, it it is good for us. But I think at the same time, they're going to, they understand we're going to be desperate and our trade value, like our, our ability to leverage that is going to be inconsequential. That 33rd isn't as valuable as people think it is. It's not, not valuable, but it's not worthy of, I mean, T Higgins was a second round pick too. Yeah, but it well, was let's just say third pick that they used. Say you didn't have to give much up, and say, all right, say you had to give a fifth to, you know, who it would I'm be more gonna, than that. I'm not going to really care, but really, it comes down to how much the contract will be when you sign him. Right now, the right. good news is is that he is a player who is very good, who has a lot of good football ahead of him. So paying him is not an outlandish idea. I mean, is like, would you rather spend $2 million, $2 million more on him per year than Calvin Ridley? Okay. Yeah. I'm talking, yeah. Right? That's what uh, Kev says. He says, keep the 33rd and sign Pittman and Ridley. Okay. See, I think it just comes down to when you make that trade, you cannot make that trade unless you have already met with the agent and worked out the deal. 
like that's requisite for the trade. Like you have to know what you're getting into. What is a uh, what would be a an equivalent wide receiver? T. Higgins would demand similar money to Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, no? Yeah. Yeah, maybe around. I that mean, that's time. who I kind of think of him like, isn't like a Amari Cooper type. I mean, I'm player. thinking twenty to twenty-three million dollars. But All he's right. going to be trying to take advantage of the inflation too. Did you hear Justin Jefferson wants a hundred fifty million dollar contract. Um, Amari Cooper. Jeez. Amari Cooper has, and this is this year. Um, obviously, this is an old uh, contract that he had with the Cowboys. But Amari Cooper is uh, twenty million dollars right now. Um, I mean, and the salary cap haven't gone up since then. Um, he's got a cap hit. I'm sorry, his total cap hit is 24 million. So I'm telling you that there's a very there's. I can promise you that if T Higgins is if we're comparing him to Amari Cooper, a Cooper, he is going to be 100 percent close to 30, if not over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that is see. That's where it's hard for me to answer the question. Is the trade part's the easy part? The contracts the next part, and then the last part though is like, oh, well, you can get these guys in the draft. Well, I've heard of other teams doing that. Yeah, other teams. (laughs) (laughs) Other teams never gotten no Cooper Cup, you know. So, like, is the nice thing about that is it's a proven asset, you know, and that you don't have the, uh, you know, it's almost like these teams. Ooh. You, we do we have the luxury of hoping to hit in the I drive? have I have the probably a better comparison. Who is it? Mike Williams in the, on the Chargers. Yeah, Ooh, hey, but Mike both, Williams uh, injury prone. Both are free agent. But some people are saying Higgins is injury prone after last year. Yeah. Well, maybe we want Mike Williams for a year. Mike Williams' cap dollars are thirty-two million. Clemson Tigers, baby. Either way, uh, he's going to go. be a free agent now. But they're going to cut him, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, receivers are. Hey, look, if you can't afford to pay Burns, if it's just a financial thing, it's hard to say that you have the money to pay a wide receiver. But really, it's not about just dollar for dollar. It's where do you allocate the dollars and what to what type of player do you allocate them to? So it's not yeah. like can the Panthers afford to pay Brian Burns? It's not if Brian Burns shouldn't want to be paid a high amount of money. It's just do you see that as the proper allocation of funds at the mo- at the moment? You know, and for me, I mean, gosh, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know if I would sink a ton of money into a guy just yet in any position. I would be kind of trying to sign a Ridley or a Pittman or a Williams for a one or two year, you know, a couple year deal and then trying to hit somebody in the draft. It seems like whether it's Brian Burns, a big name wide receiver like T. Higgins, or even a wild card like uh, Derek Brown, we're probably going to be play, paying a 27 plus million dollar contract before the start of the season. Who do you think if you paid the top tier money, right? Like if, if we pay Brian Burns 30 and we paid T Higgins 32, because I mean, wide receivers make a little bit more, right? 
than uh, outside linebackers? I don't know. What's outside the franchise tag on a wide receiver? Is it higher than $24 million? Uh, I'll look at it. Which would be the bigger overpay? Thirty million for T. Higgins, <clears throat> or thirty million? Excuse me for Brian Burns. That would be my question. Chat, get in there. Um, do you believe who would be the bigger overpay? Say you paid one of them twenty-two million. Is this? Oh, like so it? it's lower. The franchise tag is two million dollars lower because Brian Burns would have been twenty-four. So who would be you pay? Say you paid either one of these guys thirty million dollars, right on the dot. Who's the bigger? Who do you walk away mm-hmm. saying got overpaid more between Burns and Higgins? Yeah, <clears throat> Higgins. Really? Burns. Okay. Burns. Wow. Yeah, Higgins Burns. for me mainly because I think that Higgins is as I the idea of years old. Yeah, the idea of paying, I mean, he's young. Don't get me wrong. He's younger he's also, than Burns. Uh, he, he would be the best number two. He's similar to DJ Moore, in my opinion. One of the best number two wide receivers in the league. Okay. In my opinion, T. Higgins has had more than one season of 1,000 yards. I know. And Brian Burns has only had one season of 10-plus sacks. So uh, I'll take the offensive production. I kind of lean that way, but uh, both numbers. of Burns, man. The yeah. argument, the the problem though with the Burns thing is it's it's so much circumstance surrounding that. I think you could say the same about Higgins, but the circumstance surrounding our defense is that we weren't really. I mean, I would guarantee you, if you look at the past four years, we probably have been passed on less than any other team in the NFL by a large margin. And so the sure. the opportunity sure. for Brian Burns to get sacks has not been there, mainly off of the opportunity. Well, a lot of times it's been there, and he just can't. He's almost, we said he's the king of almost. We've yeah. said that for a long time, but I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's still, there's still a comparison that I think is worthy of being made there. Who would move the needle for the team more in a uh, positive direction? Would by the way, having Brian Burns next year or T Higgins next year help the team in the short term? I think Higgins, being that you have Bryce Young as your quarterback and it shows that you're getting a brand new weapon for him to be able to thrive. Uh, by, by the way, uh, shout out to Kev. Uh, uh, Higgins is listed as 18.6 million a year, uh, according to Spot Rack. They had uh, Ridley at 17 million. So, if this is all bullshit, yeah, this yeah. 18 million, if it was 18 million, they would have gotten the job done and not franchise tagged him for four million more than this average salary would be. Yeah, of yeah. And then yeah, next, I mean, year, I, next year, their average, the, the salary is going to go up. So if they could lock him down for $18 million, they'd do it in a heartbeat right now instead of waiting until the the, the salary cap goes up again next year. Um, and now that, that number is going to go up. I agree. But don't we, don't we agree, though, that if uh, they signed T. Higgins, that would be a, a bigger splash off-season-wise oh, yeah. than Burns? Oh no, I, I I don't disagree. I think that that's also it's a, a matter new toy. of it's a new toy. Yeah, exactly. I think that that has we've been complaining about Bryce not having weapons, and and we don't feel like uh, Brian Burns has been as much of an impact on this defense. Um, I just again, I 
if we can keep Burns, I think that it's one of these situations. I can almost promise you he's going to go to another team and ball out. If he goes to a good team he, and he has another he has another guy on the other side of him, I think Burns is going to have a, an incredible year, and we're going to be regretting that. I think he goes to Detroit. Um, or that's where, well, I mean, I guess he's not going anywhere. He's going to be franchise tag. He's going to play under the tag. That's what I think is really going to happen. Burns. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you could still trade for T. Higgins and franchise tag Brian Burns. The question is, can you work out that money? Would require that Taylor Moten restructure for sure at the minimum. Will Dante Jackson be part of the plan going forward? The number is 252-228-5098. Let's take some more calls. Three years. Eight, three mafia paisans. How you doing on this lovely fucking, fucking shitty-ass fucking foggy fucking Tuesday? Well, at least that's what it's like over here. Uh, anyway, you know, I got to agree with Tony. This is like the fucking worst, worst part of the fucking year talking football. You know, I know a lot of you guys can fucking go on and on about drafting and combine results and how fast that cocksucker can run and yada, 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 free agents. Yeah, you know, I don't really care until training camp. So this phone call going to be a little different. I thought maybe uh, let's do a little mock draft, but with Italian food. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I'm, I'm going to give you three things. Penne vodka sauce, chicken cutlet with spaghetti and red sauce. And yeah, Tony, it's sauce. S-A-W-S-E. Oh, A fucking gravy. You keep that shit at the fucking Thanksgiving table. <laughs> and the third one, a heavy dish lasagna. So you got penne vodka, chicken cutlet, spaghetti, and lasagna. My top, I'm going to go with chicken cutlet, obviously, with spaghetti. Grew up on that shit. Love it. Then penne vodka sauce. And then I'm going to go lasagna because, you know, I love lasagna, but it's fucking heavy. Every time I eat it, I feel like a fucking fat flob, all bloated <laughs> and shit. Anyway, what say you, boys? All right, give me your top three. All right, I got to go. Ooh, uh, so we're ooh. putting them in order? Yeah. Man, I'm so, probably saying vote number one. Chicken cutlets, number two, lasagna, this and then my, number three, the penne and vodka sauce. Yeah, that's my order. Um, lasagna is one of the best. My grandma makes, but he is right. Like, my dad always jokes this is that my dad's a southerner and he married into the family, adopted me. It's awesome. He's a great dude. But he's like, dude, you eat a piece of their grandma's lasagna. It's like a fucking lead brick on your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like this. You're in a coma over there. <laughs> uh, TK, you had vodka sauce before? No. It's just like a cream sauce. It's kind of like a pink. It's kind of like a pink sauce a little bit. You know, it's like My a little favorite. cream, a little red. It's good. It's good. It's got a little uh, a prosciutto, right? Uh, not prosciutto. Pancetta. My, uh... Pancetta, excuse me. That is a dope. God, that's kind of a sleeper that I wasn't raised on, though. Like, that is an Italian dish that you get in Italian restaurants that's super popular now. But my grandma never made anything with cream, with cream sauces. Like, it was always just the red gravy. Sauce. The sauce, sauce, as he says, sauce. The sauce. The sauce. You want some gravy? You redneck. Oh no, no! It's a, By the a way, my Jersey favorite Italian, Italian that motherfucker, dish. New Jersey Italian. This is a yeah, New York. My Italian. favorite Italian dish. He might laugh at me. 
uh, lobster ravioli with pink creamy sauce. Mm. Okay. All right. Here is hey, a can sleeper. we not can we do this? Um, I'm gonna walk away. I am not eating carbs, and so like you guys oh. are talking about pasta and all that. I'm like I'm oh. not eating bread or any oh, any noodles that. or anything Dude, like that. I, I just work out toast. more. I just exercise more. I used oh to. man. I might, okay. Oh, might a matter of like sugars and stuff like that. I'm trying to keep those low. So, all right, uh, Al the sailor. Look, my grandmother makes the fucking meanest eggplant parm, and as a kid, I didn't like. It. I was like, the eggplant, Ew, the eggplant, <clears throat> fucking incredible. But here is my secret, my draft sleeper for Italian food, and it's the potato croquette. And the mm. potato croquette is day-old mashed potatoes, right? Or what you do is you make them. She usually doesn't use mashed potatoes. She'll make them specifically to make croquettes. And you take, basically, mm. you try to make mashed potatoes, but you don't want them to be creamy. You want them to be stiffer, right? Like more baked potato-y than creamy mashed potato-y. Then you season them. Parmesan cheese, salt, pepper, parsley, and you bread them like a chicken cutlet and you fry them in these little oval football shaped joints. And they are like, think of like a fried food with mashed potatoes on the inside. Dude, Dude I run away. I run I'm, away I'm, with the plate. When my grandma it. makes these mugs, I run away. People are like, where'd all the potato croquettes go? Tony's in the bathroom, just like. <laughs> uh, and then this was funny. Uh, Paisan is my brother-in-law opened an Italian restaurant here in Greenville, Familia. You guys go check out Familia. Great pizza, great pasta, great prices. My son waits tables there. And, uh, him he was he's kind of taken some of my, my my grandmother's kind of recipes and put his own spin on them right so he's like look is we can't make the eggplant parm like you make it in the cast iron skillet we got a deep fry like we gotta be able to do it faster they make him and my grandma my grandmother did not fucking budge on this conversation at christmas i think it was christmas when we had this and she goes do you make your croquettes in circles or oblong. And he goes, circles. They look like a little meatball. She's like, that's wrong. She would not fucking budge. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. She's right. Pan fried croquettes in the cast iron. Can't beat it. The number's 252-228-5098. Let's take another call. Um, We have a request. Uh, what here. up, okay, y'all? Go ahead. No, we have a uh, off the uh, D from Sanford was wondering if we can get to his second call. Is 0430. Maybe the okay. next one. Yeah, let me take these. Let me get this call in, and then I'll search it out. Okay. This is Mossy Man, 79 News. Uh, I don't have the fear of cancer. I'm going to be doing some tests. Hey, shout out, Mossy. In the next couple weeks of March, see what's really going on. But I love you, see three boys. You know, you reached out, man. And, and sisters, too. God bless. Thank you. Uh, my, my question is, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. I'm we're gonna win six games, maybe eight max, four four to eight four four minimum eight max. 
I think uh our new coach from uh you know Carson, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be going to their his family's area in Carson and in Harbor. And I'm gonna be representing hopefully he could reach out to me. We could do something, it's not as cool, but I love C three Nation. It's the best, but I love all Panther content. But we need okay. my personal opinion is we need to trade Brian Burns for some picks, not franchise him or whatever else, man. And also, I haven't since I, you know, went through my medical issue. I don't know what we need, but we need a good offensive makeup in the offensive line for Bryce Young, whether it's receiver line or tight end or whatever. And we need to kind of beef up the defense a little bit to help Derrick Brown. Uh, I, from what I've seen the last couple of days, uh, Derek Brown and I think Brown Burns wanted Evro and his staff back and what they got. So I hope the D is good. Much love to you, Tony, the professor. Cody, he's a real man. Uh, D's, love you, bro. Pickle, your blessing. Um, and everybody else in the C3, I love you guys. God bless and keep pounding, baby. Pounding man, shout oh, out to Mossy. Hold on, he's got man. one little last eight second thing to say. Yo, I forgot. First time caller, long time listener and supporter. Mossy Manson eight nine news. God bless C three Panther Nation. Hey, God bless. Shout Great out to Mossy man. man. Yeah, he had a bit of a health scare. Thought maybe uh, and the two worst words too. Yeah, man. Like uh, col- like it's like. It could be colon or pancreatic, and you're like, oh, shit. We're happy you're healthy, man. And yeah. thank you for your call, man. We, dude, we're getting more and more first-time callers, more and more first-time uh, attenders on the free-for-all. Dude, C3 is for the fans, man. Mossy, we appreciate you. And this is another proponent of trading Brian Burns, man. It seems like there's a lot more of them. All right. Uh, D... From Sanford, I got you. He said the second call, right? I got. You. Yep. What's up, my C three family? This is Dave. I had called earlier, and shout out to the whole. I'm not gonna run it down with the whole rundown, but while the show's been going on, I saw a tweet from other D's and the other C three members that. Like, welcome me on the spaces and in the C3 family, just like the the podcast itself and the community has. And I got a little emotional. I mean, a lot of people don't know my story yet. I'm still getting to know some of y'all, but uh was in the Marines, was at the Pentagon when it got hit, dealt with that. Uh, wow. Some of the things I struggle with. Um, and I've always been looking for a community, a family. Like, like-minded, good character people. And that's what C3 is. C3 is good people. I, I love talking football and all that, right? But every time I get on here and I call y'all, it's therapeutic. And then sometimes in the chat when somebody just wants to hear my voice or a kind word or an optimistic look at something, I'm so happy and proud that I can I can contribute to that. Hey. And one of the things that just just really got me got me choked up is just the fact that y'all took 
took me open arms. Y'all, y'all let me be in space, man. These and, and Panther Pickle and Ant and G Baby and all them, man. Like, y'all mean the absolute world to me. Tony, see, y'all gave me a family <laughs> when I was looking for something. And as we get ready for this year, I'm going to give everything I can to keep us uplifted and, and have good talk and, and do great things and stuff. And I just, I, I find the need just about every time I get on here to just want to say thank you. But when I tell y'all that I love every single one of y'all from the bottom of my heart, I sincerely, I, hey, we, we, we're going to get better, man. Yes, sir. Keep pounding. And I, like I said, man, I just wanted to say thank you for family, man. Y'all keep pounding, man. Keep pounding. Shout out, dude. Man, what a dude. Man, he's going to make me cry, mm. man. This dude. picture meant the most. Like, this is one of my favorite pictures I've taken at a Panther event. Um, Because it's what that is is like none of us had really either like very few of us maybe cody and ck out of this group are the only two people i'd ever met in person right but that is like um that's really all i ever look if i made this show about me it wouldn't still exist you know, it just wouldn't. Is that like the amount of energy that you have to put in? Like we, the times that I'm like, oh god, I'm so tired. I got to do this show tonight. Cody's got the shit set up, right? It's like, uh, but it has never been about me or us talking to you, but talking with you. With and you. I, and I do think that really is like we have pretty, we've stayed pretty true to that. Yeah, you know, man. I mean, and D's call right there, I think, supports that. Is okay. that we don't speak for other content creators and what their content is, but C3 is about the C3 Panther fans coming together like we're going to the game, talking football, including everybody, man. Like everybody that we get the opportunity to continue to do this with every Friday, every Tuesday, listening to D. Uh, give that type of optimism, man. How does that not uplift you, man? We we have some incredible fans, man. We're happy to continue to uh, to do this for y'all, man. It means it means a lot to us because it means a lot to y'all. Uh, we got a great picture too of us doing the podcast at Monster Subs in Spartanburg. Food's fantastic, by the way. There, uh, but like that was a special. We had a really sadly the season that it sucked so bad on the back end of it really sucked the wind out of that year of C3, but we were kicking it off like a bug. We had a good, we went to training camp. We had the on a location podcast. We got your board was in the Charlotte observer. What's up? I know. Like (laughs) it was, we were just rocking. And then all of a sudden the Panthers weren't, but, um, I remember when I, when I saw Kev 
uh, my bastard son walk in the bar and we like hugged like we were long lost family. (laughs) 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 He said, I finally got to meet my dad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, that was the first time I had ever met Greg in person. For real? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, But one thing though is that do you, when we went through that fucking pandemic, I was locked, set, and loaded for the pandemic, bro. I was yeah, like, I've been building mm-hmm. a we were family and a community for this moment right here. Where we, like, my wife and her friends were trying to do those, like, little hangout parties. I was like, bitch, I got this under control. It's Tuesday night, motherfucker. I'm hanging out with my friends. Uh, <laughs> let's take another call here. Shout out, D. We love you, brother. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. It's G. Cavassier. How y'all doing? Well, I'm G. Hey, man. I'm going to be point of my opinion. This Brian Burns shit, I'm so sick and tired of talking about this shit. <laughs> Either we're going to tag him, we're going to tag and trade him, or we're going to extend his contract. But this shit got to stop because this shit is like, to me, it's a damn distraction. It really is. And I'm at the point now, how to. I'm at the point, and maybe you guys can agree with me. How in the fuck did we get to this damn point? How, man? This shit is just chaos to me. But another thing that I would like to see, and I'm going big on this, what the hell we got to do to get Hassan Reddick back, man? Like, for real. What the hell do we have to do to get Hassan Reddick back in Carolina? And another another person I wouldn't mind seeing coming to Carolina is Bobby Wagner. Now, see, with those two dudes right there, pair them up with damn Frankie Louvu, whoo, that shit would be deadly. To see Shaq is coming back. Now, mm-hmm. I'm saying, do we really want Shaq back? That's the, with, with this new coaching staff, do we really want Shaq back? And I'm with you, damn Cody. We got to do something with this offensive line, man. You know, and with the right guard, the dude that came out of the Rams, and the professor, you were right. He's coming off of two injuries. I think he's fucking done. And which means we gotta find a fucking right guard. You know, there's a lot of things that we need to damn do. But give me your thoughts on that, man. And with Mike Evans, I would like him to come to Carolina, but I seriously doubt that shit happens. I can see Calvin Ridley, not damn sure to see Hollywood Brown. You add them two brothers up there, woo, that would be something. Give me your thoughts on that, y'all. Keep pounding. Do you want Shaq Thompson back for Shaq Thompson or because of the nostalgia of a guy that you drafted that was associated with the 2015 Panthers team? Yeah. It, man, I, I don't he want to be have a, a, like, played his best football in the last couple of years. I will give him that. I was so out on Shaq. I was I had too many. It was not his fault. I had too high hopes for this mug to begin. And then like, like when you put over, it's kind of like with Bryce. It's like, yo, oh, you expect this motherfucker to be Joe Montana from day one. And then you're like, oh, underwhelmed. That's how it was with Shaq. I was like, oh, I bought Shaq's jersey. Shaq is the first player I ever bought their jersey for before they, well, actually, that's a lie. Julius Peppers, my wife bought me the jersey before when he was drafted. But, um, Shaq Thompson's the first jersey since then I bought before they played a snap. Usually I'm like, man, I need to see how this mug is. <sighs> so, do we bring back Shaq or not? I don't know, man. Like, he's kind of long in the tooth at this point. 
I mean, who yeah, else is going to? I mean, he might. He might. I mean, he'll be. Oh, team friendly deal last time. I know, man, but I, I'm just I'm at the point where, you know, thank you for your services, but I'm ready. I'm ready to get younger and um, upgrade these positions in a more meaningful way. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, do y'all want a bet? Like, dude, at this point, mm. I'm so indifferent. Like, if it does, all right, cool, man. He's a you know the most tenured veteran on our team, damn near, and uh, he knows how to do his thing. But I, I don't. What do you do? I don't break his leg? Impossible. I don't think Ooh, it's impossible to upgrade. Didn't he break his uh, shin bone or something? Yeah, like his something like tibula that. or something like that, or fibula, one of the whatever the one that was in your leg. Uh, bless you. Um, I'm kind of with you as indifferent. Like, I think having him as a veteran piece would be first good, but to like expect him to be um, a significant contributor might be too optimistic. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm with you. Indifference a great word. Yeah, I don't really care. Like, if he comes and back, that's right. Right. because he actually was doing a lot to win me back. You know, like because I was like, Ugh. I'm all you know. And and Shaq took a lot because he got paid when we we chose to pay him over Bradbury. Yeah, right. And then we saw Bradbury go have some success, and then Shaq was not playing well, or at least the Panthers weren't. But then Matt Rule came in, and all of a sudden he played. Some of his better football, and last, and you're like, oh shit, is this guy having a Thomas Davis resurgence? And then this last year was mired by injury. Um, Could have used, really needed him because then the question is, was Frankie Louvu's play is it fair? Some people are saying he wasn't a great tackler. This and that is, he had to play inside linebacker a lot, or play out of position. So. I don't know. It's like I would rather have Shaq Thompson than Deion Jones, though. So again, I'm indifferent. You know, it's like I I don't know. I would love if Shaq uh would take another team friendly deal, and he would have no choice. You know, it's not like someone else is signing him for more. So if he comes back, awesome. If he ends up moving on, thank you for your service, brother. Hey, Bill, Bill Craven said, I found my Keyshawn Johnson's Panthers jersey a while back. This jersey right here is a Tim Biakabatuka jersey I'm wearing right now. Take that. My uncle did give it to me like later on, so it wasn't from when Tim Biakabatuka was actually playing, but this is a throwback right here. Uh, let's take another call. Evening, boys. It's Nick from Seattle. What to do? Let's get right into it. I hope we can now put to rest all of the icky to guard conversation because our GM and head coach both said he's playing left tackle. So let's completely stop talking about moving icky to guard. I refuse. Think about it, not a <laughs> single football person has ever said that. Not one. It's always been the, not true. the online talking heads. Not one single football person has said he's moving to guard. So let's not put true. to rest. Moving forward, loved what I heard out of the GM and the coach today. The way Canales spoke about holding the team accountable and not fixing Bryce Young. We need to fix what's around him. I really like that. He sounds like he's got so much positivity 
in terms of what he wants to do and how this offense is going to be built. It makes me excited to see what we can really do. Dan Morgan, same as ever. That man, is, if you could say anything about that man, he's consistent as fuck. He came to the to the table today talking about we need those dogs. Uh, Chuba's going to be our lead back. This is how we need to build our team. We Here's our priorities in terms of options with free agents. Anything's on the table with Brian Burns. I like the way they're thinking. It sounds like they have a good mentality of what they want to go forward, but they're not focused so deeply on their own opinion being right that they're not willing to see the, yeah. the see the leaves through the trees, so to say. I, I, one of the things that drives me nuts about Tepper is that Tepper comes in here and just flops his nuts on the table and says, we need to win now. Do whatever you can to win right now. That's not how the NFL fucking works. And now we've been in this bullshit mediocrity cycle since Tepper took over, trading away 10-plus draft picks over the years, all trying to get the quarterback position right, and it still isn't right. Granted, I'm not against Bryce Young, but I'm not sold on him yet either. I'm really excited to see how the rest of the offseason develops, and it's, it's Tony, I'm in the same boat as you. The next couple months are going to be a nightmare just listening to – all the nobodies talk about what could happen. I just want to see what actually happens, uh, and then yep. let's move forward from there. Keep up the good work, boys. Keep pounding. Good call. Good call Keep tonight. Pounding. And by uh, the way, I refuse to believe that it's crazy or that you have to be a football person to say that Icky should be a left guard, man. I'm nah, watching he didn't football. Say you have to be. He said no football people have. Just yeah, but, but which is also not true. They said that uh, before he came out in the draft that he, he could be a left tackle, or if that didn't work out, he could be an all pro guard. Uh, I, I don't know. If, if it's fair to say that we want to see more of Bryce before we, uh, you know, think that he is the guy going forward. After last year, I need to see a lot more from Ikema Kwanu to say that he's going to be the left tackle going forward. And I don't think that's unfair. I think uh, that's very fair. All right. Uh, let's take the last. Well, we only got two more calls. Yo, my C3. Sound for North Carolina. I'd come in and hit y'all for a minute. Shout out to the great Tony Dunn, to the homie mm. Cody Lack, to CK, Code Dizzle. Shut the hell up, mm. Panther Pickle. Everybody uh-huh. in the Jeep, baby. That effing guy, Muscles Marinara, the lovely Kristen Ledane, the blind Panther. I'm not going to use the old time, but yo, C3, <laughs> Anthony, Ricky, Reigns, Dee, yo, I love y'all to death. But um, yes, I was looking at that press conference today. Uh, I think some of the things that I really truly enjoyed was the last year was more than the bad development here, man. I didn't feel like he was trying to blow smoke up our ribs. I really felt like he was really being honest to where he was at at the time. I also enjoyed the fact that he said, even though he really did not have a relationship with Brent Tillis before now, he said you would not even be able to tell when you see how they navigate through the office. Um, prioritizing, trying, uh, talking to Brown's agent and, you know, trying, you know, trying to get Louisville, all of those things there. I, I really, I really like your, you're showing me parts of a plan that's developing. And I love, I love that. 
Um, the other thing um, with Canellas when he was talking about dedicating to the run, um, it, how observant, how invested he's already become in the process. I love the guy. I think that, you know, if we give him time, we could see some great things. Also, in that same breath, I like the statement that he made about not fixing Bryce Young, but aiding, in so many words, Bryce Young. And that made me highly excited. And Panther family, you know what's really got me excited? Like a post that reminded me of this. The last time the great number one, Cameron Newton, got into a nice little scuffle, we had a remarkable year next year. So I'm looking forward to this season. Maybe there's some luck in Cam throwing some guys around like a damn softball. But at the end of the day, yo, y'all hit the like, subscribe, share this to the from the longest running and the dopest Panther podcast on YouTube, the internet, in these streets, yo. Hey, I just want to tell y'all, I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. We got this combine and stuff coming up. Hey, you know, it's going to be a lot of talk. I'm just ready for the ball to start rolling. Hey, just one more thing. Keep pounding. And keep pounding, brother. Uh, deep, great calls tonight, man. You are the MVP of the cat calls tonight. Uh, Tony, do you think it's time we talk about this uh, Cam Newton business? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let me uh, let me get the right. Make sure we get the right video. Uh, but all right. So to set this up, and I don't know a ton about it. I just know that Cam has been hosting the seven on seven event, where I guess it's for high school kids. Um, and he's been doing this for a long time. I mean, back when he was a Panthers player. Yeah. And it was it's been it's been a big deal. It's like really kind of an initiative for him to uh reach out to kids at a young age to get them introduced, kind of building connections. This is Cam Newton's version of like the Peyton Manning events that they have. You know, yeah. the yeah. camps they have from that, and you'll be like, Oh, Andrew Luck attended Bryce Young. And by attended. the way, a lot of bigger names have come through Cam Newton's quarterback camps, uh, Justin Fields, Bowen Nix from this year's draft class. Uh, but Cam Newton was doing a seven on seven, and the guys that attacked him have since come out and done an interview. Oh, and we'll, 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 we'll get into that in a minute. But basically, I want you to notice that Cam Newton, you never see him throw a punch on three dudes that are coming at him and attacking him. Cam, not only does he never throw a punch, but that hat never comes off his head like the underpriced boy. Look, not throwing a punch. Everyone's just wrestling with him. <laughs> Cheap shotting the shit out of him. But what are you thinking, man? Fighting a six foot six, fifty-five pound. Cam Newton has a seven on Who seven. Who is this event. guy with the white shirt? Can we play it again? Look at the white yeah. shirt dude that comes in and throws this punch at the end. He's going to come right here. Here he comes. Yeah. Who's he mm. trying to hit? Is he helping Cam? Uh, no, I think they're all. Because look, oh, you know, that, I don't know. Then he hangs around. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I uh, want to know if someone can answer. 
look because then he hangs around with back there is the guy with the white shirt uh was punching at the dude attacking cam okay good 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 for him um look you know what the least surprising part about this to me is is that the hat stayed on if the hat came off, it would be impossible. He's got yeah. like a he's got like a two foot dread fountain coming up through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the hair is stopping the hat from falling yeah, it's off. It's like it is locked in. <laughs> um, the other thing is, and I don't want to use any words that are going to be misconstrued in the wrong way, because. These guys, look, the guy's got his hoodie up that's fighting Cam right here. Like, he just doesn't look like he was there with, mm-hmm. you're in well, Atlanta. I mean, is it cold or something? Is like, what is his intention? Is he trying to look tough? Is he trying to be well, tough? These two dudes He's, have since been on a radio station and said that Cam Newton grabbed his brother. Yeah, that, he, that Cam Newton had been shit talking them. He was talking at him, and then Cam Newton grabbed him put his hands on him so then the other dude was like well that's basically like my little brother or whatever so then he just ran oh, I up it was his actual on him i don't know if it was like his brother or if it was his actual brother i'm not sure uh the dude runs up and cold cocks cam newton tries to side of his head yeah tries, he tries to. to i mean he tried to hit him i think he looked like he barely well he landed two punches but then there was but a like video. cam doesn't even flinch no but there was a video that surfaced oh uh, have like, you seen like the, a, the funny yeah, like a, a day the before oh. but no I, I, a, a day before the dude the sucker punched him put out a video talking shit about cam newton being that atlanta quarterback that can't throw the ball. There oh, was I thought that was there. after the fight. I thought that was directly. No, after that was the fight. before. So there was some beef that had went down between them that had boiled over in that moment. Apparently, um, I have no idea who either of them are. That's the thing. Is this is that these mugs there riding coattails in the first place? Their TSP training or whatever the hell they're, you know, is like who who are these dudes and what the real fuck do they really know about football? Who knows? Maybe that. I just thought this is the, to go on the radio afterwards and to only take the position of having done everything that your actions being justified. Like the only thing they said they were sorry for is that the kids saw that shit. Like what they didn't say is we could have been more professional. We could have handled, you know, and I, I know that look is that you don't want people. You Somebody talks shit to you. Somebody does something wrong to you. It's hard to be the bigger man all the time, but you tried to punch the bigger man literally. <laughs> and then he dragged your ass all around. I don't know. It just, it's, it comes back to these mm. things where, do you remember those kids shit talking Cam back in the day? You remember uh, about last that, year? Yeah, was it last year? Yeah, at that camp, it was like a you know, like seven years, like seventh graders. Yeah, and Cam were, has now been through like four different interactions with some wildly disrespectful little shit kids. Mm-hmm. I I just tend to think that this is kind of us accepting a cult. 
I don't want to say the world's getting worse because it's not getting worse, but like, where is the ultimate respect for the guy that's putting on the camp? So what? You know what I'm saying? Like, is uh, here is the thing: is Cam Newton historically has gravitated to black people more than white people, and it makes sense. He's black. <laughs> you know, is like, I've, of course, I would love to go to an event that Cam hosted and he make me uh, uh, his best friend. Actually, I have I have weird dreams, bro. I have like panther dreams all the oh, time. Don't get don't get too uh, too, too oh, no, it's not graphic, but it's like dreams. they're so real. That, like I had this dream and it was just like oh, I bumped into and I can't remember if it was like Ricky Pro. Or Cam Newton, but it felt like I was like, man, did I really meet a Panther player a couple weeks ago? And were they nice to me? Like, of course, I would want to go to uh, go to Cam's party and him make me feel like the coolest motherfucker in the room. Of course, I want to be the white guy that black people love. But if I go to his party and he doesn't really pay attention, I can't get really upset about it. No. And so what I'm saying is this is these guys. He's hosting this event. And these guys are fucking capitalizing on that moment. You know, swallow your pride a little bit, even if Cam talks. I don't even know if Cam did something wrong, didn't do something wrong. Who knows? But, like, you, I just don't think these guys look cool. No, they don't. And, again, like, what kind of credit are you getting for this shit? Oh, you had beef with Cam Newton. Look, this is what he was saying. Hold up. Look, I, I, this is the clip of what he's saying. Of uh, he said this the day before. Thanks, D. It always makes white people feel well cool when they're accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so really look, good. this is the dude that was talking shit the day before. Hey, Joe. Hey, man. I'm gonna say it. They can't hide the film now. You know what I'm saying? That three times. You know what I'm saying? Y'all not throwing that none throwing ass Atlanta hero quarterback. <laughs> Just cannot chill, beat me. Can't be See, I think that was after. I think he's talking no, about that he beat him in the fight, that he didn't beat him up. No, mm. this is before uh, before the incident. Yeah, before Ooh. the incident. Hey, Joe. So, oh, it does say before the incident, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and by the way, this is the dude that Cam Newton was like. Imagine the having back of his Tony dragging him around. Oh, I know. Have you seen uh, here? I'm gonna drop this in the comments. Have you seen the dude who did the uh, spoof on this? If you haven't seen the spoof on, uh, hold on, who was it? Where did I see it? Oh, gosh, I might have it. I mean, you know, we might not get well. It's probably a, a uh, YouTube thing, so we'll probably get. Where the fuck is it? This guy, I just followed him. Actually, maybe I can go to my follows. Um, or no, I'd already followed him. Shit. How do There's you find also Cor- compilation videos of all the kids that have ever trolled. And- no. <laughs> it's, it's like there's a four minute plus long video of Cam Newton fighting on the making the kids, man. And look, it comes along with the territory, man. Like, he's trying to do something good for these kids, but inevitably people are going to talk shit about him because he's a personality, man. 
can put some stuff out there. But this has been something that Cam has done for years, man. These seven-on-seven seven camps, like, that's a part of how he gives back to his community where he's from, man. So, If I, I to put no sound, we'll, oh, no, you got here. I'm just going to link it. You guys, if you don't watch this later on, uh, it's by Mr. Go 30. And the guys, he's, in, the- he's impersonating the dudes that, uh, that fought cam <laughs> let me just show the picture <laughs> look, look at this <laughs> this is the guy with the twist oh. and then uh hold on this is his brother hold on this is the brother guy <laughs> and he calls it projumpers.com <laughs> dude this shit is so funny dude i was dead man it's so good man the internet remains undefeated in everything they do um i miss you know we love cam i mean this is kind of one of those uh Here's a weird thing about this, though. Even though I still have dreams about Cam Newton. <laughs> um, you don't even want to know I had a dream the other night. This wasn't the Cam Newton. Newton. This was a Cam Newton. But I had a dream that was so real when I woke up, dude. I had to, like, touch stuff to make sure I was, like, what? Like I needed to be like, oh <laughs> shit! I like I'm in a react. Like, you have to, did you have a a, a spin? Uh, one of the tops that you can spin forever and see if you're actually in a dream still. God, I felt like it, dude. I had to like touch the coffee table and make sure that I was like in a different reality. You um, cold sweat. But uh, I mean, it was a wild. <laughs> it was crazy. But uh, when the Cam Newton shit came uh, came about. The fight, you know, I didn't really comment a lot on it. Yeah. And which is great. You know, I almost feel like I gave all of my energy. It's like I fought for Obama from 08 to about 2014. Gave all my energy there. I gave all my energy to Cam. I'm out of Cam Newton energy. Like I let the rest of the, hey, welcome to the fight, internet. Now the Panther internet, the Panther Twitter is taking up what I've been doing since they were fucking in diapers. I let the Panthers Twitter do it now. It's like Cam Newton's going to defend himself. Now he's such a public Mm -hmm. persona. Now even more so than when he was a football player. And the funny thing is, he hasn't missed yet, by the way. Like, he's been... He's batting a thousand. Uh, some of those other guys have been talking about in the creator chat. Uh, when you look at his take on game managers and uh, all that, now this fight, I mean, even with this fight, I mean, the dude was getting thrown around like a freaking rag doll. I mean, Cam Newton has been uh, on top of the world here lately. Oddly Let me enough. Ask, I want to ask you, CK, because you tend to have the better bead on pop culture than I do. You know, when you see Cam Newton go, um, we kind of see him like he's trying to open the cigar bar. He's trying to open the, re- I don't know if they're still in existence in Atlanta. He kind of yeah. falls off the radar a little bit when it comes to the football world. And then you see him go into the YouTube world. We saw him smoking cigars and playing Madden to start. And now he's really invested in his podcast. 
right? And in some cases, or some in, in, in ways to look at it is that's a kind of a fall from grace, right? It's like, now you're a YouTuber. But I saw Steve Smith celebrating hitting 1,000, 100,000 subscribers today. And I don't know if it was YouTube or if it was Twitter or whatever it was. Is it really a fall from grace anymore now? Are these guys, is it kind of the future of owning your own? We see what the Pivot podcast has done. A lot of these players have their own pod now. Uh, Yeah, but it's different now. Baltimore has his own. Obviously, uh, the with the boys, Chelsea brothers, they're doing their thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the future. Owning your content, right? But also, you know, maybe two years ago, it felt like Cam Newton was just like spiral, like trying to figure out what he was doing. But maybe this is a badge of success. Is this the new success? Is this skipping the middleman, CK? Um. Yes. I mean, the answer to that is just easy. Yes. Um, that's the benefit of, uh, of doing that. I mean, is is he doesn't have to worry about being canceled. Right. Cause I mean, that's, uh, I was watching Joe Rogan the other day and that's one of the things that kid rock had said on his show is, you know, if he doesn't have sponsors, he doesn't have to worry about being canceled. So, um, you know, I guess that's part of it, man. He doesn't have to answer to somebody else and telling him that he's doing something wrong, you know, and you own your content. Yeah. You own your library in a sense. I mean, look at uh, Shannon Sharp. Now you know, he's okay. So he's all the famer, but now he's doing interviews with Cat Williams. That's got over fifty-five million views. Like uh, the 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 game plan has been laid out that when you're done with your career, either you can move into the commentary booth, or you can make your own version of the content that you think people want to see. And the fact that you're a former NFL player. It lends credence to that, and people want to see that content, and they want to hear what the real athletes have to say. And it's I think that we inexpensive. That, yeah, and Cam Newton has been more relevant in recent years not playing football than he was. I would in say the recent last- months, actually. I would say that Cam Newton had a dip where we weren't thinking about him a lot until he's really invested in That's the fourth and one podcast. About him this entire season with his yeah take. yeah this past year yeah. because of the fourth and one podcast i think another thing that's in and this is where i'm critical of the panthers we had this discussion last week where we kind of spiraled into what if the panthers would buy you know us is that you have it's really not that expensive for us, yeah, for me paying for StreamYard each week, for me buying the equipment, buying the computers, that's a lot on me because I teach for a living. Right. But, like, you can – the programs are out there. If CK, Cody, and I lived in the same town, we could make this shit like a TV show. Oh, yeah. Right? Just with o- OBS. So, like, why is it that the Panthers and these guys aren't leveraging that it's like low stakes, high rewards. And to be honest, I usually bet on Cam Newton to being ahead of things rather than behind. You know, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he was a trendsetter. 
And so I don't think he's late to the party. I think like APC three C three AP said is like he's hitting where the when when it's hitting hot right now. Um, you know what is we can't wait to see what he has to say about that fight. Let's take the last call of the night and then we'll finish the show up. Hey guys, it's the girl that makes some power. Are we the blind panther? I haven't called in in a while because really there hasn't been much to talk about. I honestly don't know how you guys managed to put together. Let alone, I mean, not only do you put together an episode every week, I mean, but y'all still go like <laughs> two, three hours. I mean, I y'all act like it's freaking, we got a game coming up. <laughs> like, uh, y'all are special. I, I don't know how y'all do it, but I'm going to call about something I was thinking about at work today. And I was thinking about, you know, what type of leader you need on this team, which I think Bryce Young, and um, and Dave Canales and those, and these guys, I think they can be this because they, you know, like I mean, like Bryce Young isn't into himself. I mean, why would he be? Dave Canales doesn't seem to be into himself. He's just really optimistic about everything, which I love because that's the way I am. But if um, but we need people who think like champions. And what do I mean by people who think like champions? People who never say the word I at a press conference. People like Patrick Mahomes. You never hear Patrick Mahomes. Like when Patrick, when they won that Super Bowl, you heard, what do you hear Patrick Mahomes say? We're going to go and win another one. We're going to three-peat. You know, we overcame adversity. We, we, we. Okay? Guy, he thinks like a champion. That's why he has won three Super Bowls and he isn't even 30 years old yet. Think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady always said we, 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 never I, whenever, you know, things went well for him. He said a couple of yous. Which is why you look at Aaron Rodgers, why hot take. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to win the Jets Super Bowl because he's too into himself. He's not a champion. He doesn't have that mindset. But I think Frank, um, not Frank Ray. I think uh, Dave Canales is going to get us a consistent version of the 30 points in a game, Bryce Young, like we saw in the Packers game. I think he's going to unlock that Bryce Young. And uh, I think we're going to get cooking here. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Good to hear from you, Joey. Good to hear from you, man. Um, I like the optimism. Uh, I think he's saying a lot of things that we all agree with, man. It seems like with how he talks about the offense and I think what we want to do. With Canales too. Yeah. Is I, yeah, I continue just- to believe this about Canales. Like I want to be annoyed by the over optim, like the, Oh, I'm so bubbly. I'm so happy. I'm so, but I know people that are really like, like when it's true to them, it doesn't turn off. It's not fake. It's not fraudulent. And I'm, I think that's what it is with Dave Canales. I'm hoping that's what it is. And that's what, so I feel good about that. Um, and I do think he brings something to the set, like the mindset of a champion. Good call. 
Good call, Joey. We haven't seen you, heard from you in a while. Uh, behind the curtain, look at the C3 Panthers podcast, though. There is a death statement that can happen to our show. And it's where we, Tony shows up late. We're just about to get started. And I say these infamous words. Oh, not a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> I think it's going to be a short show. And every time I say that, it's the longest fucking show we've ever done. <laughs> every... right, right now, we're uh, we're running on pace and early. Yeah, I know. I mean, you want to argue about something? No, I'm good. Honestly, I'm, I'm <laughs> See, feeling dude, good. I haven't ate a carb in a week. I'm <laughs> so hungry. I got to go to sleep. I've been going sleep. to bed at 30 every night. Oh, like, yeah. Mere bird. Hungry. Because you're Sucks. fucking hungry. We need to draft Lad McConkey. Oh, God. Number fucking 33. Can't get a bad hungry, CK. I, I'm not good. Like, I drink water. I'm doing intermittent fasting as well. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm not drink eating between water. Uh, 6 or 7 p.m. and 11 a.m. Jeez, that's a long stretch, bro. Yeah, dude. And you like, you, you, you like to eat, too. Yeah. Because we'll be doing the show and be like, CK be like, sorry, I gotta get <laughs> I got you need no more. I'll tell you that I much. got the door dash here. All right. Um let's see. Was there any oh let's bust through the news real quick. Yeah, uh, how about this. You know McCown. what? What's more interesting about this is that Josh McCann is uh named the quarterback's coach for the Vikings or is Josh McCown's jaw fake? I mean, I think there's an <laughs> argument. It, it, it looks like Jeez. a like a GI. It looks like a GI Joe action figure. Yes, he does. <laughs> like, what the fuck is dude, that dude, he jaw? Could, he could cut a boulder in half <laughs> with his fucking jaw, dude. Yeah. Bro, dude, you know I the mean, Easter Island heads? They were based off of him. No shit, dude. I mean, that shit is chiseled. Yeah, man. You need a diamond cut blade <laughs> to fucking man. Imagine going to the dentist and him being like, "We gotta get your, oh, we got dude. a root canal come up. We gotta get your fucking wisdom teeth out." And he's like, "Oh shit, get me the jackhammer." Oh, dude, his jaw is so sharp. His words, <laughs> it looks like he's got a fucking growth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So McCown is with the Vikings quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, I read that they had the same age. Him and Kirk Cousins have the same agent. Anyway. That makes sense. All right. Um, so this ooh. is the schedule for the uh, NFL Combine. And real quick, I don't know why I'm asking the two of you. I know neither of you give a damn about the underwear Olympics, but uh, I guess my question in general to the chat. And to whoever wants to answer is, what day are you most excited about watching? There's only one day. Hmm? There's only one day to give a fuck about. CK, oh, what really? day? Yeah, there's uh, only one day. Uh, that's the 40-yard the dash. Oh, no. No, they do, they do the 40-yard every day for every position. Saturday. Yeah, this, Saturday. Is this the first mistake that the NFL has made in years? Because you, you want to yeah. keep eyeballs, right? So what the NFL is really, really good at is keeping I thought the us, offensive lineman last. 
Yeah, who, who's going to be watching? Well, so what the change was is this, is they used to have the running backs on Sunday with the offensive line. So they moved all offense, like they moved the skill positions to Saturday. It's almost like they are trying to get big numbers on Saturday because instead of mediocre numbers on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, I think this might be the first mistake that the NFL has made because the NFL is great at the 24-7 news cycle to where there isn't anything to talk about, but there's always something to talk about. Right. And on Sunday, I'm not tuning in to offensive linemen. And to be honest, I don't think I'm in interested Thursday. in Thursday or yeah, Friday I knew either. you were going to say that, too. Uh, well, I think Saturday's the only. No, well, all right. So maybe for draft heads, maybe for draft heads, you're gonna. But just think yeah, about well, someone who's like, kind if, of, you're a, if you're a Panther, we're looking at those linebackers, man. We're just oh, talking man. about Shaq Thompson and Deion Jones. That's absolutely on the list for us. Uh, defensive linemen, I wouldn't mind another partner in crime for Derek Brown. Uh, Guess what? I'm not going to find him at the combine, motherfucker. We need another uh, defensive back on this team. We need another good tight end. I don't know if that's going to be in the draft this year. But Should we live stream Saturday? I mean, I kind of feel like we should. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what we're not doing? We're not doing Sunday. We're not doing Thursday. We're not doing fucking Friday. From what time to what time, though? Because it'll run until... 8 p.m. that night, I think. Because they're doing. I, mean, I, mean, I feel like we're cut we're for that. Cause, I think we're ready for that. I don't know. Oh well, we don't need to watch quarterbacks. Yeah, but that'll be the most viewers, though, man. Because every this is a very. Uh, I mean, this is a not very for t- us. The Panthers don't give enough fans. Yeah, Maybe we just do wide receivers running back. Viewers will be here, though, man. All right. Mm. Well, then stop asking you questions you don't want to answer to. You think people don't want to bitch about uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. Like, oh, maybe we trade up. Trade up for who's the other guy that's climbing now? Uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I hate to tell you this. This is an unpopular take. Oh, it's going to be an unpopular take. Yeah, is JJ McCarthy's going to be good? Why is that not popular? Well, because everything look, he's not even in the I've top three him. prospects. Did you've been on him for a while? I remember right, you talking man. about him two like years, years ago. ago. Two years ago, man. Yeah. He's got the so anyway. All right, what? So Everyone's saying he'll be a Falcon. <laughs> um. Oh, how? Let me ask you this. CK's like, please, God damn it, I'm <laughs> no, so <you're> hungry. <laughs> um, drink some water, CK. Uh, he did. Have you seen this guy? <laughs> Eight o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever. It's got the times listed on it. What would be worse? What would be? Um, and I, I feel like this is another unpopular opinion I have. Would you rather have Justin Fields become a Falcon or them to draft like uh, Drake May or uh, uh, Justin Fields? Yeah, I'd rather that. Do if the Charlotte North you Carolina that, or you don't want that to happen. No, I want I prefer Fields to be in Atlanta. Oh man. I'm the No 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 no. Drake May, a Charlotte born quarterback, went to North Carolina. Everyone's comparing him to Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. And for him to go to the Falcons, no thank you. 
I don't mm-hmm. want none of Justin Fields in my division. Why? I've already seen enough of that shit with Mike Vick back in the uh, You're just having PTSD. You'll be fine. Yeah, totally. He's, and, you he's know, no for all he's of no, that. He's no Mike Vick, Tom. Okay. All right. Uh, what's next? We got a couple of last news, and then we'll ice some mugs up. Yep. Um, let's run to, through the news. Um, Raiders general manager Tom Telesco shuts down Devontae Adams trade rumors. Okay. The Raider. Um, did you hear about that Raider first round pick? That yeah, I don't remember his name. Um, I actually thought that the internet. I thought young little C three Anthony over flipped about it being meth. <laughs> about He's what? Like, Oh my God! He got caught with less than a gram of like is like because it was meth that it was that bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what's bad is getting caught with drugs and having a gun and this and that. Why didn't that motherfucker swallow it? That is my first question: is why don't you swallow it, folks? Well, there's a rapper named Juice World, and his plan was about to get searched. And he swallowed all the drugs that he had, and he's fucking dead. Okay, but under a gram, <laughs> come on. You can survive that you shit. You would swallow meth rocks? I, I would rather than go to jail for it. He's like, know. well, back in my day, you know. But the other <laughs> thing is that like, in the 70s, too. they would take meth and go play baseball and shit. Like, they had methamphetamines, like, in the fucking in a big jelly jar, jelly bean jar. And by the baseball. way, everybody's saying, oh, uh, the Panthers drafted Cam and Cam from Atlanta, so it's only fair. Fuck that. We're not playing fair. I don't care. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want that to happen. I'd rather Fields and him be a bum for two years for Atlanta. I'm just saying, folks, if you got less than a little, if you got a little oh, bit of just... drugs, mm-hmm. and what's worse? Going to jail. Yeah. Man, you're going to go to jail on that gun charge. Let's go next. What's next? Uh, Broncos oh. head coach Sean Payton's decision on Russell Wilson's future uh, coming within the next few weeks. There is no decision. His house is up for sale. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's our, it is a bathroom house? Yeah, it's like a 12-bathroom house. It, oh, man. Uh, eight bedrooms or some shit. Well, there's yeah. bad blood on that one. Like, the... the pro- <laughs> the two years ago when he was having a really bad year, uh, there was a whole TikTok series about whether the he amount of he touchdown <laughs> before he had a bathroom or something. Yeah, like if he, threw, if, he, if he would have more touchdowns than he did bathrooms or not. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, where does it go? Um, my uh, money is on. I don't know. I, there's Patriots, so many teams that have their guy. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Patriots could be a good one. Ooh, oh, Pittsburgh is a good, good one. one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, no, the Patriots don't have Bill no more. So I don't even know what the fuck they're going to be like. Pittsburgh. Yeah, they have, no, but they, I mean, they have Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo is <laughs> so what? I don't know for, nothing uh, about that motherfucker. So why would they not want uh, Russell Wilson? Okay. I'm just saying Bill could work with Russell. If you're the Patriots, you would rather, I mean, as he wouldn't have no fucking say, office and Bill. You would rather there. have Russell Wilson than, uh, uh, what's his name? Matt Jones, huh? Yeah, and I think you would as well for Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, no one cares. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, oh, imagine Saquon Barkley being franchise tag for a second year in a row. That's probably what will happen. <sighs> Poor. You know what is? I um. I'm over that running back. Remember, do you remember when they were like the whole media was trying to lobby to get the NFLPA to try to change the running back shit midstream? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? They're just capitalizing on news cycles. Nobody really gives a fuck. Saquon going to get tagged again. He's going to make a lot of money, but he ain't going to get the long term. And he better not do what Le'Veon. You know, I saw Le'Veon Bill put up a tweet that was like. Team contacted me. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Recently? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like Le'Veon's like, hey, man, I'm going to practice squad this bitch up. All right. Is there anything else? Is that it? Um, no. Is that oh, don't forget. Oh, wait, no, there is, there is. There is. There is. There is. There's one more. Oh. Yeah. This is the Justin Fields. So, yeah, DJ Moore is still going to bat for, uh, for Justin Fields. Well, fucking so, had a great year. Did he? Or DJ yeah. or uh oh yeah DJ okay. did DJ, yeah. DJ, yeah, right. DJ had a great year and he no, should say these things. Um I do want to shout out a lot of people that last week when we put out this is we did sell some merchandise. I think we sold like three t shirts and a coffee mug this past week. So if you could just put those visuals up is this is I'm not a salesman. I've learned this. I fucking am not a salesman, but there is some merchandise at carolinacatchronicles.com from the C3 Panthers podcast t-shirt to the C3 Panthers podcast mug, which the mug is dope as fuck. I ain't gonna lie. The mug is the best buy in my, like, I love to drink coffee. We also got the shut the hell up and the you make me fucking sick. Plus some old uh, throwbacks too out there. Um, so you guys uh, continue to support the C3 Panthers podcast when it comes to the C3 Superfan, dollar ninety nine a month. You know, small things you can do are smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. Really, even cooler would be to show to share the link like on your social media, like that. That goes a long way. Like, while the likes and subscribes help us in the algorithm. Our community is really an organically built one. Like if you look at our viewer numbers, there's a high return rate of people watching it. So it's not like the algorithm is bringing us to viewers as much as viewers are finding us and staying with us. So if you share this with fans that, you know, Carolina Panther fans, um, it, it tends to lead towards long-term growth. So that small thing, drop it on Reddit, drop it on Facebook, drop it on Twitter, tell a friend about it. Those types of things are a real big help for us. Um, Tim Estes says, great t-shirt and fast shipping. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys are happy. CPG, yes, you have been here for years, Tony. I've been here for years, too. Think about this. This is our 11th year. Crazy. Um, Can we ice some fools up and get out of here. We sure can. Ice up, son. Ice up.
All right. This is our homage to Steve Smith, who, by the way, congratulations on hitting 100,000 subs. Steve Smith and the Cut To It podcast. We've, you know what? I just got to work harder to get these guys on right now. Um, got three kids, job, all of this. I need to pursue some of these leads. Uh, we need you, Steve Smith, on the podcast, bro. But congratulations to you and your 100,000 followers. But know this, the longest running segment on the longest running podcast, Panthers podcast is an homage to you, my friend, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. And often we tell more than one person. Who you got for me, Cody? So I only have one tonight. Oh, easy peasy. It's a fun one. Um, listen, fireworks are dangerous. Oh, God. Fireworks are dangerous, and I hope this is the one where everybody blows up that I've seen for years. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's that one. But um, I mean, listen, especially if uh, you come from mainland China, fireworks—that's oh. the birthplace of I fireworks. They were fucking experts. Oh, dude, they are. But um, apparently, uh, not everyone uh, is experts in dealing with fireworks. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's got burn marks all over him. <laughs> he uh, yeah, around to bad timing, bro. He wrapped it around his I body. Don't... What are you doing? That's the worst possible time, bro. Uh, and it's like oh. all of them. How oh, stupid, dude. Uh, yeah, so after uh, all those burns and uh, second degree burns on your neck, yeah, you're going to need to. Eyes up, son. Yeah, you are. CK, you got anything for us tonight? No, let's uh, oh, see what you guys. got. CK is the the laziest ice up. I know. CK is like, man, who needs uh, that? It's up? like, I'm starving. Yeah, Iced up, no uh, carbs is what CK is saying. Uh, exactly. Um, all right. So point. here here we go. We got the first one is this. is This is... Uh, these, are we allowed to set on fire? Yeah. Oh no! Look, they do the. Uh, we're gonna light what? Oh, how candle, like the candle. Oh, light. you deserve every bad thing. Watch. Oh. All right. So some of these guys wipe it out, right? And they're like, "Oh, look at this." <laughs> it's this dude who can't get it out. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! 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 <laughs> Sucks this guy's dick. <laughs> hey, he pushes his head oh my god, is he buried oh, his burning head in his burning yearning oh, crotch? Dude, how dumb. So that is my first ice up, which I love. That shit made me laugh. And it's really That's the crotch funny. part that made it. How about this? Is the lengths that people go on TikTok to be or the internet. This guy wants to make roasted garlic potatoes and shrimp on an airplane. Oh, 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 oh. I'll make sure I mute this. So he goes in. How does he get these batteries on the airplane? My first question. He makes a like a fucking boiler room in this 
And I'm just sorry, dude. Like the the efforts that you go through to make mashed potatoes and this on the airplane. Like I'm sorry, I don't like this. It's fucking lame to me. So mm-hmm. I up to that is that like oh I've got to make this. But here is my top ice up pick of the week. Um. What? I clicked on this one. Here we go. Present here. First, uh, I'm a, I like Shia LaBeouf. Shia, Shia, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, yeah. I like him a lot. I ain't going to lie. Uh, he's fat right now, by the way. Yeah, him, Shakur. He's like fat. Been, he's he's heavy he's set. Been, he's been canceled like five times. Oh, yeah. Because he gets fucked up. That's fine. But here is the ice up pick goes to Ryan Garcia. Because Shia LaBeouf doesn't like Ryan Garcia uh, because of various reasons. He's a Tank Dell guy. Uh, why won't this blow up? What, the video? No, I just wanted to show this tweet. So uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf says he's a Tank Davis guy. He also hates Ryan Garcia, he said. But he says, I don't know the guy. But he said, look is that he looked like he gave up in this fight. And then he also, there's a rumor spreading around. He says, rumor, he said, I heard that he had a woman that had his baby and he divorced her the next day. Like, he served her the divorce papers Mm. before she even walked out of the fucking hospital. So he doesn't like Shia LaBeouf. I mean, he doesn't like Ryan Garcia. So Ryan Garcia, who has been on a fucking bender lately, and my stupid ass thought that Ryan Garcia was going to have a chance against Tank Dell. And nope, that motherfucker got knocked out with a body shot. Ryan Garcia tweets Shia La- Well, he says, imagine me beating Shia LaBeouf's ass. I'm really going to transform him into pudding. Transformers reference. You don't know me, clown. How the heck you hate me? You can't rap either. You aren't like that. Uh, Ryan Garcia, I hate to tell you this, is Tank Tail got you, bro. Just fucking take your lumps and get off the fucking internet, man. You're making yourself look bad. Ice up. Oh, I do have one last one. My, I, CK, I'll ask you this. Do you think that the changes to Twitter since Elon Musk have taken over have been overall good or bad? Good. I tend to feel that way for most. Like, I I think that the Twitter platform has evolved in a pretty cool way. But I do have one mega fucking complaint. And that is when you see a cool ass tweet or a cool ass video and we're all. No, no, we're all there for the replies. And it takes 900 tweets, they're irrelevant. The replies are all ads. The replies are all promoted tweets. Yeah. And so the meat of this cool discussion that you are so ready to fucking have be in tears about is buried. Yeah. I hate it. Anytime there's a professional athlete that posts anything, you look at them. It's all only fans. Oh, check out my free page. And it's just like pictures of them. Like, it's it's basically just if you ever want to just get, scroll through Twitter and just see straight up porn, 
just go to professional athletes posts and it's like constantly underneath I those. Want them to, I understand like that's a, the replies are a great chance to embed some ads and do some things, but I think you need to sprinkle them more rather than like me. I want to stick around for the comments. I'm abandoning these great discussions before I even get to the fun shit. So yeah, that's my ASAP. It's the longest running Panthers podcast. Uh, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions with you. You guys are the ones that run the show. The reason uh, we continue to do this and go so long, not go so long, is because you guys. If it was just us, we would have quit long ago. Call into the show, subscribe, considering consider supporting the show monetarily or through sharing it. Cody, fun hanging out with you yeah man i know you're hungry more sleepy than anything uh tony good night to myself <laughs> about cam Newton. take us out of here cody like c3 nation until next time keep pounding